Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. is up friends hope you are doing well out there and a happy happy president's day happy monday one and all tone to shields rob ellis tone what's up my man how you doing i'm doing great man i had a really good weekend i feel good i smell good i'm happy to be here with you on a monday my friend happy to be here with the beautiful people man um let's have a great show you know we got a lot to discuss you know it's the off season but we're always going to cook something up for you guys Oh, well, you know that, man. You know that. Um, here's the question I have. Uh, well, let me let me first give a shout out to everybody. All right. Everybody who's hanging with us. Let me get in there. And we appreciate each and every one of you. All right. So, Twiz, what's up? Flex, what's up? Fry, what's up? Tess, what's up? What's up, Jason? Uh, what is up, Kyle? What is up, James? What is I am awake? Uh, you Are you? Uh, spaghetti dude. Uh, Cody. <laughs> Spaghetti, dude. Um, man of my own heart, spaghetti. All right. South Jersey. Annette. Uh, who else do we have? Kevin. What's up, Kevin? Cheerio, Rob. Yes. Yes. I've been called a lot worse. That's for sure. Uh, I think I got everybody. If I didn't, I apologize. And I hope you guys are doing great. I know you saw. I'm, I'll give you I'll give you a review. Let's do this right off the top. We're going to give little reviews out. You saw the Bob Marley movie, right? Yes. Okay, yes. and I'll give you a review of something that I watched that I've been watching that I'm I'm not gonna watch. I'm done. I'm done with it. It stinks, and Uh-oh. I'm done. But you get let's get let's start with that. Uh, how what's it called? One Love. Yes, uh, Bob Marley. One Love. Exactly. Yep. All right. Did you enjoy it? Do you give it a thumbs up? Where Where are we? Yes, um, I definitely okay. give it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it uh, from beginning to end. Um, I think the one thing that really stood out to me was how authentic it was. Um, how authentic it was to Jamaica, you know, uh, you know, to Jamaica culture, you know, to the, uh, you know, to, to the dialect, to the people, um, you know, really not pulling any punches in terms of what was going on in 1976 during the internal struggle between the political parties, yeah. um, and a, and a, and a potential civil war breaking out because that's where it picks up. It picks up with, um, it picks up with um Bob Marley, um, literally about to, 
um, give his his peace concert, his peace benefit, you know, to Jamaica, you know, to you know to try to join, you know, the competing parties between, um, you know, like I said, the political parties, the gangs. Um, he he wanted no money for it. It was strictly just a peace benefit, and um, I believe the night before the peace benefit, um, they tried they tried to assassinate him in his own home, and you know uh, the yeah. movie picks up there and it pretty much follows, um, you know, his path from that point forward all the way up into the release of Exodus, his most successful album, you know, to ever, you know, touch earth. And it follows him in London, you know, reinventing his sound. That's where he, he moved to after that. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it follows his, his relationship with his wife, Rita, all that kind of stuff. The movie was only an hour and 47 minutes, so they couldn't touch on everything, but they, they, they clearly decided to focus on a very pivotal point in his mm -hmm. career. Um, obviously he died in 81, um, yep. due to a very rare skin cancer. Um, a former a former melanoma. Yep. Um, but overall, man, I felt I feel like Kingsley Benadir. Um, he's the one that played um uh Bob Marley. I believe he did I, I feel like he did an amazing job playing him. The family was completely hands-on with the creation of the film. Uh -huh. Um Rita Marley was a producer, Ziggy Marley was a producer, other Marleys were producers. Um Brad Pitt was an executive producer on the movie. Nice. Um, but overall, man, I really enjoyed it again. The authenticity with the language and the way in the way they communicated the culture the vibe the energy i just truly enjoyed the film love it love it love it love it that's good i'm glad i'm glad to hear it. there's a really good documentary too on netflix uh that's that, next i'm watching that next yeah that, that really gets in in depth into that time period in his life so it's good it's very good so if you get a chance to check that out check it out uh i've been watching the latest um I think it's I think it's season four of True Detective. Yeah, you told me you didn't um you were struggling with the first couple episodes. Not so good. I I have I yeah no I I've stuck with it and we watched three and four over the weekend I believe. I'm done. I'm out. I tried to I gave it a valiant effort, man. I gave it the I, I gave it the good old try. Uh -uh. Is it too, is it too slow? What is it? It's it I I don't find I don't like any of the characters. Uh, and I don't mind that, like, if, if a character's a bad guy I, or gal, I can get behind them if, they, if they're compelling. I don't find anybody particularly likable. Uh, the, I find the plot lines hard to follow. Mm. Um, I, I'm just out. I'm not in, like, I find myself like, are we almost at the end of this? If you're doing that, usually it's the other way. You're like, damn, is this about to be over? Like, I don't want this to be wow. over. The other way. And, and, and you're a fan of, like, the truth. So you watched the, what, the first two seasons, right? Yeah, the first season's brilliant. The first season with Woody Harrelson and McConaughey is is absolutely spectacular. Okay, wow. this is anything but. Hey, but listen, I'm not going to give away all the plots or any of that. It's just not, not for me. I hear you. Not I hear me. you. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes things can be too much of a slow burn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it all depends. Um, I guess I guess M. Reyes likes True Detective this season. I don't, man. I'm sorry. It's just not my thing, man. Not yeah. my thing. And it's all good, you know. It's. It's, yeah. it, it, it's it's art. It's perspective. My wife's giving me a dirty look right now because she knows I'm talking about it. Because oh, she, oh, oh, does she like it? She's she doesn't like it either, but she just won't admit it because she she's the one who suggested we watch it. Oh, yes. See that's it's, see see here see, she that's comes. The We're gonna get you input see. here. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Go ahead. So how how any is it? Thinking involved, and he's out. Okay, she said any thinking involved, and I'm out. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Oh my goodness. Oh good my goodness. Any yes. thinking involved and he's out. That, like that's that. Not, 
That's not a good sign, Rob. It's not a good sign. No, what does she I, mean by that, Rob? Yeah, I think we all, I think it was pretty obvious what she meant by that. So anyway, I uh, don't need to read between those lines. No tea leaves being read. Uh, um, all right. Did you watch? Here's the question. How much did you watch of the All-Star game last night? I went back and forth, flicking through all that kind of stuff. Um, I was able to catch, because um, I, I went to see the movie yesterday. So okay. uh, I caught, I, I got home in time for the game. But, you know, I was flicking back and forth. Honestly, I spent more time listening to the alt cast with um, Barkley yeah, and Draymond. Barkley and Draymond and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And Taylor Rooks and Taylor yeah. Rooks, yeah. Um, that, I felt like that was more entertaining at some points than the game. You know, because they, you know, it's a pick, it's it's a glorified pickup game, really. Um, in my opinion, I think they work harder in off-season pickups and sh- and you know you know in in, in uh, summer shootarounds. I think they totally. work harder there than they do in, in that um, All-Star game. But you know, Damian Lillard won the MVP. He had a really good weekend, winning um, back-to-back three-point um, shooting contests. Um, you know, Steph Curry did his thing. It was close. Sabrina gave him a run for his that money, was, but that was that was pretty the cool. highlight of the whole weekend. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Oh, it was great. She. She was awesome. She wasn't a fr- like in one bit. She's sharp. She's no, sharp. She's great, man. She's great. And, and I believe great. he yeah. was shooting from. And she was shooting from NBA range. That's correct. Not yeah. WNBA range. NBA range. As so. Kenny Smith pointed out, and uh, took a lot of heat for. It. But anyway, but no, she was. That was great. I love that. I think next year, here's what you do, Tone. You put her and Caitlin Clark together. Mm. And you put Steph and either Clay or somebody else, another sharpshooter. Steph and Damian. Steph and Damian Lewis. That's there great. That's so have, have you know have those? You know, one team is is Steph and Dame. One team is Caitlin and, and Sabrina. I think that would be. I think they will do that. In fact, next year that's going to be really cool. Mm. Um, but here's the thing: in the final of the the, the game last night was two eleven to one eighty six, two eleven to one eighty six. But the here's my issue. You got to give me at least a half an effort on defense. Not, I know guys aren't going to be totally locking people down, but you got to you got to somewhat try. Or what are we really doing out there? Mm-hmm. You know, is, yeah. is like the million dollar question. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, I could I couldn't really agree with you more. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, what do we do to fix this thing? And you know, here's the, here's the here's my ultimate issue. Every year after it's over, we always hear, "What can we do to fix the All Star game?" What can we do to fix the all-star game? If the NBA really wanted to fix it, yeah, they would fix it. They would create incentives, they would do whatever they needed to do. Now they tried to create incentives, I think a few years back, you know, with the charity benefits and right. team LeBron versus team, you know, so and so. And I mean, they tried to do that to try to motivate the guys. And it did create some compelling fourth quarters. You know, I believe there was one where mm-hmm. LeBron shot a game winner or something like that, right? So yeah. Um, I mean, there's they've had their moments, but overall, man, it's a it's a carnival. It's a, you know, it's a spectacle. It's, it's not meant to be taken, but so serious. And, you know, there was an era where the, the all-star games were legitimately competitive, but I mean, look, these guys are making too much money, man. Uh, they're already low managing, you know, what makes you think they're going to try hard for an all-star game? Um, I, I, yeah. I, and that's a great point. I, I mean, ultimately it's not going to go bye bye cause it's too much of a money generator uh, for the league, right? That much is, mm-hmm. is, is for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's to me, um, Look, it's it was tough to watch, and I you know I I got through about half of it, and you know just kind of failed. But nonetheless, it was good to see Maxi out there. He got ten points. Um, yeah, first All Star game, you know, ten yeah. points. You know, he's the you know he's the young guy, so you got to earn your keep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, we got Phillies full squad have reported uh, today. Everybody's in house. They had rain yesterday, but good weather today. 
So you got the full squad there. Um, the interesting thing to come out of the weekend, and we already knew this to a degree, but there was Bryce Harper, you know, confirmed it when he was asked about it. Um, he's looking for an extension. So I Tone, like I don't like it. He got a 13 year deal that he still has eight years left on, and which will take him to 38, 39 years old. And I, and believe me, I love Bryce Harper. I, he's been awesome for the Phillies, and he's been. He loves the city, the whole thing. It's all it's been a win-win-win across the board. Give me a freaking break on this. Give me a break, dude. Like it, it I here's what I really think's happening. I think he and his agent want the Phillies to bump up his AAV, bump up his yearly salary. That's what I think the objective ultimately is where they'll go to the Phillies with this and then they'll say, "Well, if you don't want to give us more years, how about you give us a little bump over the, you know, over the next 8 years?" I don't love that either because you're the one who signed the 13-year deal without any opt-outs. But the 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 notion of giving him more years at 38, 39 after you just gave him 13 is patently absurd. It's just flat out absurd. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of it either. We talked about this a while back. I didn't think this would come up again, but yeah, I mean are. it came up because the people are now Harper admitted as much before it was kind of speculative, you know. Right. You know, here here's what I want to do with you. Let's go through some of the top salaries um, in baseball right now. All right. Um, average salaries, top average salaries. So let's look here. So let's just do all batters, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the the, the tough one is Otani because he does both. He's the rare exception who can do both. But, yeah, I got you. Okay. Right. All right. Let's see here. All right. Obviously, Otani yep. is making $70 million. Then you got Aaron Judge at $40 million. Then you got Mike Trout at $35.5 million. Then you have Anthony Rendon at $35 million. Francisco Lindor at $34 million. And Bryce Harper, let's, let's just make sure we know where he is. Trey Turner, all right, here we go. All right. Francisco Lindor, 34. Carlos Carrera, 33.3. Nolan Arenado, 32.5 million. Corey Seager, 32.5. Manny Machado, 31.8. Juan Soto, 31. Mookie Betts, 30. Trey Turner, 27.2. I can go on and on. Bryce Harper falls at 25.3. He's the 20th highest paid player in baseball when it comes to batters. Not I'm telling you, Tone, that's what it is. That's what it is, man. He wants he wants to get up into that 40-ish. He, he wants to get up there. That's where he wants to go. It's not about the years. That's just my opinion. Not, right. But I, about I, the, I, I don't. I don't think it's about the years either. First of all, the contract you have eight years left on the deal, and it takes you until you're 39 years old. It's not about the years on the damn deal. He's not no. playing until he's not playing until 45. No, he's not. He's not Tom Brady. Okay, right. he, he knows he's not, and this, he's this been is, through some serious injuries too. Exactly. This is this is strictly about the average salary. And look, yep. man, these guys in baseball are making all this money, all the contracts are fully guaranteed. I'm. I'm not a fan of I'm not I'm not a fan of the conversation for the simple fact that again you got eight years left on the deal. Damn, can we just get to a point where you got five years left on the deal? Something, right? Something. That's that's like, my thing. Yeah, you're right. If you're tearing it up over the next five years, okay, and we're getting close to the end, three four years left. Yeah, okay, I get it. I, I, I get it. Uh, you, we, you, we're all, you got to be open to that conversation. But here's the thing: don't agree to a 13 year deal without an out clause. Have an out in your contract Bingo. after about seven years, then we're not having this conversation. Exactly. Machado did it with with the Padres. He did the same thing with with San Diego. So do the same thing. 
give yourself an out. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. So, I mean, look. And, and again, I'm a huge fan of his, but I just don't like yeah, it. This, this ain't got nothing to do with the fandom. This is strictly looking at it from yeah. the perspective of, dude, don't get, don't be greedy, okay? Yeah, yeah, no question. All right, so the other thing, um, I don't know if you heard our, our boy Chris Sims uh, over the weekend. Chris <laughs> Chris Sims was on with uh, All City Phoenix, okay? And the, the I'll give you the crux of it. So they were asking him sort of to put in context uh, where he would judge Kyler Murray, and and it and it sort of spun into uh, Jalen Hurts, and of course, did. Yeah, of course it did, right? So um, he 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 said flat out he thinks he's the most overrated player in football. Now he said there's a lot of things I respect about him as a as a you know a person I'm, whatever, but the gist of it was the most overrated player in football. You know what this is, Tone? This goes back to 2021, Chris Sims. Mm-hmm. Leading up to the 22 season, talked about how you know he wasn't a good player, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. Then he has to eat his words in 22 when Hertz has the monster season, right? And everybody, mm-hmm. everybody's riding him, everybody's all over him. And then he kind of you know backtracks a little bit. Then you see a bit of a step back from from Hertz last year, and it's like, oh, remember told me? You. I'm, I'm the one who said, told you, told you so. That's I've exactly never, what this is. I've never seen someone try to ride the coattails of one player, you know, this much before. I mean, outside of Skip Bayless and LeBron James, but yeah. um, Chris Sims over the past three years, let's be honest, he's been he's been he's been feeding, and, and we're quite literally doing the exact same oh, thing. Oh, and right we're now. we're giving him what he wants, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so. we're giving him exactly what he wants, but yeah. it's okay. Listen, when you when, when you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Um, <laughs> the way I, you know, the way I see it is. It's hard for me to take him seriously in this regard because at the end of the day, it's clearly coming from a place of trying to be seen, trying to be heard, trying to ruffle feathers, right? It's, it's, it, it, to me, it, it's, it seems it comes off as very disingenuous. And again, you found a way to weave Jalen Hurts into a conversation about an entire another player, right? It's, right, it's right. strange. It's, it's strange to me. Um, the fact of the matter is, this is what I've been talking about. I've, I've talked. I've talked about this on the National Football Show, and I think I've talked about it on Sports Take. There is a group of sports pundits who quite literally couldn't wait for Jalen Hurts to have a stumble. There's quite literally a, 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 a faction in sports who were who was waiting for Jalen Hurts to have a moment of weakness, um, to have any slight hitch in his game. They were waiting for it so they can feel validated in themselves. And the fact of the matter is, Jalen Hurts has done a lot in his career that Chris Sims wish he could have did, yeah. like playing the Super Bowl, like be a second team All Pro, yeah. you know, like be a Pro Bowler. You like know what I mean? Like get a big contract. Yeah. Like big, like get a big contract, right? You know, not all of us can live off the legacy of our fathers. Yeah. You know, like a Chris Sims. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, look, man. Sometimes you got to take the wins we can get them. You know, when you do, when you when you grow up being the when you grow up being the son of Phil, Phil Sims, you know, sometimes you feel like you get this, you get the right to speak on certain things. Yeah, but the fact that but the fact that the matter is, um, Jalen Hurts is a player, and this is another part about it too that kind of pisses me off. Don't tell me how much of a good person he is, and then, and, and, and then yeah, and then slap him in the face. You know what I'm saying? It's patronizing, is what right. It is. Don't ring my doorbell, offer me cookies, <laughs> and then take a dump on my lawn. Don't do that. Oh man, all right. Don't, don't do me like that. Come on, man. So it's, yeah, it, I, it, it's weak sauce. It's corny. It's here's the thing, and you know, when you say this and we talk about this, it doesn't mean that Jalen Hurst doesn't have a lot to work on. Of course, he does, right? Of course, he does. But to go to the extreme, like, let me put it this way Chris Sims just said, Hey, look, 
Um, I was disappointed. He took a step back this year, and there's some things that he really needs to work on. You know, progressions, pot, pocket awareness, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fair, totally objective, uh, you know, critique. Right. Right I, on. Right, we said that. What I say, yeah, I'm not saying a word, uh, you know, if he said that. The problem is when you go to the extreme with the absolutes where you say, most overrated guy in the league, stop. Come on, man. Most overrated guy in the league. I mean, this he, is. He's not. But, but but listen, he 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 did. He got exactly what he wanted. You know, this is where we are, right? I know. Speaking in such a way that, listen, he got what he wanted. I know. It's the same thing with with Skip Bayless. It's like, you know, I I get it. I usually don't take the bait and I usually don't feed into it. But um, look, sometimes you got to call it out when it's this absurd. Of of course, of course. And look, look, at the end of the day, it's conversation, it's content, right? Look, this is the off season. People are, you know, Fishing for content, being creative, and 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 I, and I think this is you know also where you make your money. Really, you got you got to be creative. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. And look, you know he's been feasting again. I think my biggest issue is how much he's been feasting on Jalen Hurts over the past three years. He's been feeding on it, feasting yep. on it. Yeah. And there's some, and obviously you know he's a giant guy. You know, you know because of his dad. You know because of his dad, like his dad's legacy. You know something something he can never achieve. Um. And you know that's you know that's that's all you really have that's all you really have to hold on to. I mean, there's an infamous video of John Gruden trying to teach you a play, and you you can't even you can't even regurgitate it back to him. Mm-hmm. Now look, I didn't play in the NFL, but I know my lane, right? Yeah. Maybe you should have knew yours. Maybe you maybe you wish you were built for NFL level play. That clearly wasn't the case for you. So I can understand when you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, who's who was a former second round pick, a guy who's been doubted since day one. A guy who found his way into a Super Bowl game, played well, um, still lost the game, but still played well up until that point in, in that game, um, earned himself a $50 million deal. Um, again, the turnovers were unacceptable in 2023. Um, that can't happen. But overall, a guy who's in a pretty optimal situation in terms of where he's going to go in his career based off the work ethic. I mean, I can understand how you wish you were that guy. <laughs> I, could, I, 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 could, I could totally understand that. So um, kudos to you, um, Chris Sims. It's crazy because – I actually watch some of your content and I enjoy it sometimes, right? Yeah. So listen, you're great at your job, man. But I can understand how you wish you were Jalen Hurts. I totally get it. I get it. Yeah. You see, no one likes. It. You see what I did there, Rob? I see what you did. The, the backhanded, you know. Hey, you're you great at your did job. What he did. Yeah, you did the. You did the. He's the most overrated guy, but I, you know, I love him. There's a lot of things I love about the, him. the most yeah. overrated opinion in sports. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. NBC um, NBC primetime job. Why? Oh, I know who your dad is. That's right. I'll tell you too, man. Like Jason Garrett, Chris Sims. I'm trying to think of who else. uh, And when they, when they toss to the games, it's Jack Collinsworth. Who's Chris's son. It's like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, like this is the best you can do. The the, perspective, the prototypical Nepo babies, right? Exactly. And they're not even trying to hide it, man. Uh, and, you know, some guys like in the, and the sad thing is it gives bad names to guys who like Joe Buck, people would, who always gave heat to Joe Buck. Joe Buck, in my opinion, is a phenomenal broadcaster. Okay? Yeah, my same. Opinion. I agree. And I, I know what his dad, his dad was a, was a, you know, a legend, whatever, but Joe Buck's legit. These other guys are not, they're mm-hmm. there. I don't, well, we know why they're there, but you know, it's, it's some BS, man. All right. Uh, today, we're going to have Dave Zingaro joining us in, in about five minutes. So Dave's going to hop on from NBC Sports Philadelphia. We'll run through everything. 
uh, you know, Reddick, uh, all the way down to, to what they're going to do, we think, in the draft. We're going to dive into some some interesting names, Tone, that are being floated about, okay, uh, including Legarius Sneed, Derrick Henry, among them. So we'll look also at, you know, what you do with some of the other people. Like, we've really we, – we've done a deep dive into some of the big names – but how about guys like Avante Maddox? Mm-hmm. You know, how about some other guys like Jack Driscoll, who you may say, ah, big deal. Well, that's a pretty good depth piece who's a free agent who a lot of people have walking away. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll do our usual NFL stuff, uh, some Sixers as we look ahead to the second half of the season. I thought the Flyers had a pretty cool weekend, man. I don't know how much if you got a chance to see any of the stadium series stuff, but I, I, I thought the NHL did a nice job with all of it, man, playing outside at MetLife Stadium. So, um, yeah. It, it, it was cool. Kudos to the NHL for doing something a little bit out of the box. Um, so we'll do that. We'll uh, we'll dive into – I have a little surprise for you at the end of the show uh, based on President's Day. I'm going to run through some of the all-time – and this is uh, for all, all three all, – all the sports. Some of the great players we had with presidential last names that I put hmm. together for you. That's interesting. Some good ones, I, man. I've never given that any kind of thought. You're, <laughs> hey, listen, you're you're good you're, because this, you don't is, have a warped mind like I do. That's this why. is why you get paid the big bucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sills is right. the The coolest part of the Flyers weekend. The yes. Flyers came off the team bus in the gray Rocky sweatsuit with the with towels black, and, and all black that. chucks, the scullies. Yeah, yeah, the Scullies, the Black Chucks, and the gray sweatsuit. It was they nailed it. It was really cool. And and the and the Devils did like a Sopranos theme. It that's was funny. really cool, man. And that's to me, that's like the extra detail where you're taking it to the neck to the extra you know mile there. So uh, again, good detail, good job by the NHL this weekend. All things told. All right, let's come back. We'll talk to Dave Zingaro, talk some birds with Dave when we return. Don't go anywhere. All right, I want to tell you right now about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They're actually getting their new ovens installed this week. So it is brick oven. It's going to be ridiculous uh, at Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Uh, been going there since I was a kid, family owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew in there seven days a week. Uh, great thing is, man, there's tons of variety. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. Uh, they have the specialized pizza. However you want it, they'll make it. But you're not up for pizza. They got fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, and salads. Not to mention, Bravo Pizza of Havertown does a ton for the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610 646-3810. 610-446-3810. 446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. We are back on this President's Day Monday. Hope you have a day off. If you do, we appreciate you hanging. If not, uh, get through that work day, and we'll help you get through that work day. All right, joining us right now, you can catch him on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, Eagle Eye Podcast with Ruben Frank, and you could follow him on Twitter at DZingaro, NBCS. David, what's up, my man? How you doing? Yo, what's going on, guys? How are you? Dave, all good. The world man. traveler. Good. How you doing, all sir? Good. I'm doing well. Dave, what's the excursion this off season? Where where are we where are we headed, man? Or have we already done it? Uh, no, I don't have a big thing planned. I was in uh, West Texas for a few days. Uh, it was fun. I was just down there in, in Big Bend National Park and did a little bit of hiking, and you know, it was a quick trip. I don't have anything big planned yet. You're in Tone's neck of the woods, man. Where are you, Tone? Outside of uh, San Antonio? I'm, I'm, about, I'm about an hour away from Austin. Okay. I'm about an hour mm. from Austin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But cool question for you, Dave. I mean, how do you come up with the places that you want to go? I mean, do you have like a ro- like a Rolodex of just like places? Like, do you have a map in the house where you just have pins and you just throw a dart <laughs> and you just go there? I mean, how, how do you go about picking the places where you go and you travel in the offseason? Uh, it's fine. Like, I want to go everywhere. So, like, but I, I have like trips in my head that I want to do. I've been on this kick. Like it's funny since the uh, since COVID. Like you obviously like, couldn't leave the country for a while, so I started crossing off national parks. Okay, I've kind of liked doing that. So um, a lot of my trips the last few years have just been going to see some national parks. But okay. uh, that was really just because I, I couldn't leave the country. Like mm-hmm. all the the you could, but the rules were so crazy. And then you had to worry about like if you can't get back in, and that was yeah. my biggest fear. Is like if you have to pass the test to get back in, you can, 
can get like a false positive be stuck somewhere so uh, mm. but now that's starting to to lighten so i i'd like to get out of the country a little bit okay okay All right. uh perhaps you know no soon you know you, you got to make that move dave perhaps yeah. brazil maybe brazil. i think what's no, the no. Be the best time for you i'm assuming would be like june before camp starts and then that's when everything kind of settles down with the you know off-season moves I yeah think. it's really crazy there's re that's really the only dead time of the NFL schedule. It's after, you know, the Eagles haven't even had a, a mandatory mini camp the last couple of years. Curious to see if they do one this year, they should. Mm -hmm. uh, but like after that mandatory camp, which is like mid June, uh, and then can't training camp normally starts late July. That's really the only dead period of the NFL calendar. It used to be like a February window, but the season got pushed back a week. Right. Mm. Right now it's a good point. Well, let, let's talk about it, Dave, because the big story the last couple of weeks has been Hassan Reddick and, and you know, what happens there. We know how that with the, the sequencing of this was there was the initial report from Ian Rappaport and, you know, the NFL Network who, you know, said they have given him permission to seek a trade. And then there was the clarification on Hassan's part saying, look, I didn't request the trade. There is a difference, right? Um, I still love to be here, but yeah, do I want to get paid? You know, I'm paraphrasing him, but you know what I mean. Um, can they come in your estimation to some kind of happy medium with him staying here? Or do you feel like it's more likely he's out of here? Oh, I, I think there's a possibility where they figure this out. And it, it, it really became like a semantics thing. Uh, you know, when, when a player is given permission to seek a trade, it's not really like that. It's not like his agents going to team X and saying, Hey, what would you give the Eagles in return? Like, that's not what they're doing. They're really just gauging his value to the other teams in the league. And it, it's like, uh, and we've seen the Eagles do this before with Slay and, and Fletcher Cox, where it's, Hey, they want to raise. We're not really seeing eye to eye on the money. Go see if you can get it somewhere else. And if you can, <laughs> fine and then then it needs to work for us and i think that's what happened here uh, hassan reddick is underpaid he, he he's outperformed that contract which was low at the time i mean when he signed it I, I think a lot of us thought wow that's a steal for a guy who's gotten double digit sacks at that point in back-to-back -back seasons with two different teams two different systems 15 mil a year uh they, i thought it was a good deal then two years later uh it's certainly on the on the cheap end of things he deserves to be at least in the 20s you know i so mm. i look at it you know if it's like a two-year 45 million dollar extension that makes sense to me Same. get him over the 20 range don't get him above 25 where those elite players are that that's tough to stomach but yeah he, he certainly does deserve a raise and something's got to give there there's just no way he comes back and plays I, i've heard people suggest that I don't think you want that. I, I think that leads to contentious relationship. He's not happy with the deal. He wasn't happy with the deal this year, but he knew we didn't have any leverage mm -hmm. with two years left on the contract. So he shows up, he plays well for the most part. Um, and now it's time to revisit it. So I, I think there is an avenue where they figure this out on the flip side of it. He's going to turn 30 in September. And I think there is a little concern when you're starting to pay elite money for a guy who's a little bit long in the tooth on the flip side of that, he might still be an ascending player because he got to play purely edge rusher so much later 
in his career than a lot of guys. You know, Dave, it's so interesting. And, uh, you know, I tend to agree with you. I think he is underpaid, right? But, you know, hear me out on this, right? What do you say to those people who say, well, okay, he's underpaid, but is he in that 20-plus million dollar range? He's an undersized edge rusher. When the when the new contract takes effect, he's probably going to be 31 years old. Will there be a team, an NFL team, not just the Philadelphia Eagles, because, again, he could potentially be traded. Is there an NFL team that's going to be willing, like you said, to pay an edge rusher who's going to be 30-31 when that contract takes effect? On top of that, he's undersized at the position. And when you think about guys who are making the big money at that role, you know, you see guys 6'4", 6'5", 6'3", 260, 70 pounds. You know, there's a prototype for that position. And Hassan Reddick, just from a from a measurable standpoint, doesn't necessarily fit that. You know, what do you say to those who who, who question his size um, in correlation to um, his pay scale? Yeah, the size to me doesn't matter as much. Now, you can say that because of his size, he's a limited player. And maybe that's a little true because he is a speed rusher. But I don't know, man. The production, to me, speaks for itself. And I, like, I don't think he's as good as some of those top guys. Like, I don't think he's... Miles Garrett. I don't think he's TJ Watt, but we're talking about the elite of the elite there. I don't think he's going to touch them in terms of pay scale either, but yeah, he's a double digit sack guy. He had 11 this year and he really got them in 10 games. He, mm-hmm. it, so like you can look at it and say he had a down season. And I, I know that when you look at the numbers at the end of the year, he did, but I'll make the excuses for him. I, the thumb injury at the beginning of the year clearly hampered him. And then at the end of the season, I don't know how you judge anyone on that. It was like it, it was just such a mess. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, I I don't know if, if I'm anyone on that team. I go forget those last five games. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Like that doesn't count. Uh, obviously, it counts. But mm-hmm. that's that'd be my if I'm their agent. Be like nothing. No, you had Matt Patricia calling the plays. That you, you can't count that against me. It is tricky. I um. I understand what you're saying, but the thing that scares me more and I think that would scare some other teams more is less than the size. It's that he's such a speed rusher. Yeah. And if that drops off, he's clearly not the same player, right? Right. And he can't lean on the size either. You know, right? it's get off at speed. And if that falls off, then he's no longer a special player. And I, I think that is the legitimate concern more so than his speed or more so than his size. I should say. If I can quickly follow up, Rob, um, in that case, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, because again, a trade is on the table. Let's say he does get traded. Let's say let's say, let's say they can't come to a conclusion. What do you believe um, how Sunrise's value is in terms of compensation? Yeah, it's tricky. I I think the Eagles are going to ask for a one because you got to start somewhere. They're not going to get a one. I I think right. it's probably a two and a day three pick. I, I think they're going to ask for a one. They won't get it. They'll ask for two twos. I think that's probably too rich because remember whatever team trades for him has to sign him and they take on the risk with that contract extension. Uh, I could see a two and a three. I don't think that's crazy. Um, I I think there is some uh, precedent for a deal like that. Yeah. I I think you got to get a two back. He's one of your best players. Yeah. He might be your best defensive player. So you can't give this guy away. Um, that's where I would start. All right, let, let me let me lean into that. That what you just said, and also the leverage thing from his standpoint, Dave. They lack talent on that side of the ball. It's a it's a bad defense. Let's call it like it is. I mean, it's a defense that, from a scoring standpoint, 
uh, a takeaway standpoint, a third down. You know, we, we could run through it all. We all know what it is. They're bad. He, they can't lose him, in my opinion. Like, you're not rebuilding. You're retooling on the fly. To lose your best player on that side of the ball would be a big loss. I Like, I think he sits pretty well from a leverage standpoint, at least my opinion. Yeah, I get that. I mean, and you know, the tricky part of this is Josh Sweat because he's entering the final year of his deal too. Right. And I, Hassan Reddick's a better player right now, but Sweat's younger. He's probably not going to cost as much. So if you're looking at it from Howie's perspective and thinking, well, if I can only extend one of these guys, it might make sense to extend the homegrown guy who is younger, considerably younger. But then the problem with Josh Sweat is I think, and this is unfair to him. I get that, but in the back of my mind, with Joshua is always going to be that knee, and I I know it's unfair to him. I know he hates to talk about it, but every time you invest significant money in him, I wonder about his shelf life. Hmm. And uh, and I look, I understand that's unfair to him, but if I'm the team, I, that it's in the back of my mind too. Uh, and I mean, Sweat in his first like huge snap season fell off a cliff you know he, he was asked to play so much yeah. and he really was not productive at all down the stretch and even before the the matt patricia games like he, he he started to fall off before that the guy we haven't talked about enough is is nolan smith mm. he kind of was under the radar for most of his rookie season but it was a really disappointing season for a guy who was a first round pick i know he wasn't the high first round pick Jalen Carter got a lot of the, the attention and he played really well for a lot of the season, but I mean, man, Nolan Smith didn't do much of anything. Dave, he's treated like he was like a fifth rounder, honestly, like, and he's fortunate that ever there, there was such a disaster or else he would have been getting cry. He had one sack. And it was a sack that, yeah, yeah. kind of fell to him. You know, I, I, I think it's fair to, to wonder about him and, and look, you're not writing him off. Certainly that's unfair. Yeah after one season, but there was so much hype around him in training camp last year. I mean, we we're talking about like, man, could Nolan Smith be the more impactful rookie out of these two? It, it was a question. Like we were talking about it mm -hmm. because he looks so good in training camp and man, he was just almost non-existent. He, he should have been the third guy in that rotation. He was fifth until they traded Derek Barnett. Mm. Or cut him, right? Like cut Barnett? Oh, uh, yeah. cut him. Yeah. yeah, right. cut him, yeah. Um, when, when Barnett left. So, like, he was behind Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham. And then he was still behind 35-year-old Brandon Graham, who was giving them good snaps. But, yeah, I was disappointed to, to not see Nolan Smith get more burn on defense this year because he was a guy that if they would have stayed at 10, 10 overall and taken him, everyone would have gone, all right. Right. It wouldn't have been mm. a shocker. True. It's true. So, yeah, they need more from him. To your point about Nolan Smith, right, you know, I look at his situation like this. I felt like the team didn't really do the best of their ability to develop him or get him snaps. Now, granted, he's dealt with the shoulder, all, the, all those kind of things. He's a very raw player, relies on speed. Um, he got swallowed up a lot on the edge by, by tackles. But I don't know. Again, year one, we're, none of us are indicting him. I'm going to make that clear. None of us are doing that. But I guess – how much pressure is on Nolan Smith and this front office to validate that pick? Again, with Hansi Reddick going through this contract situation, they knew this was coming. And the reason they drafted Nolan was because they wanted to get ahead of this. Clearly, that wasn't the case. And because of Nolan's lackluster rookie season, 
Hassan Reddick has more leverage now. Um, you know, speak on that narrative. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, because if Nolan Smith had an encouraging rookie season, I think we're looking at the Hassan Reddick thing a little differently. Um, like we might even be looking at Hassan as like, yeah, but in two years he might be blocking Nolan Smith, who might be a really good player by then. But I don't think we saw enough from Nolan as a rookie to think that. So uh, it's tricky. It, it felt like he got away with a bad season, right? Like there was so much going on uh, across the board where everyone's watching Jalen Carter, everyone's watching this collapse and they have a first round pick who couldn't get playing time. I remember back in like October asking Sean Desai about Nolan Smith and him saying, Oh, the snaps are going to come or we're, we're going to, we're going to get him some playing time. Didn't happen. You know, you're always curious about if they were going to start using him as kind of like an off ball blitzer. Like if they were going to find some unique ways to get him involved and they didn't, it's really back to back years. They should have found ways to get a Georgia linebacker on the field and they didn't do it. Obviously a different position, but like Nicobe two years ago, you're like, I want to see this kid play and play. And then last year, Nolan Smith as a rookie, like I want to see this kid play. And he just didn't. The difference is one was a third round pick. One was a first rounder. Mm. How, in, in your estimation, Dave, I'm talking about the, the the defensive side of the ball. Um, how difficult is it to, to going to be to even get them to the point where they're solid? Like how 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 tough a task is that in your estimation? I think Fangio is going to help. Mm-hmm. Just just having an adult in the room who knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, I don't think you bring in Vic Fangio to have the best defense in the league. I think you bring in Vic Fangio to steady this thing a little bit mm-hmm. and say, hey, we need to have at least an average defense. And I, I have a, a pretty high level of confidence he'll be able to do that. I agree with you. I don't think the talent on defense is great. And there are a lot of question marks. You know, you, you look at it and two of the big building blocks on defense are Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, who I think were both good at times. Carter was great at times mm-hmm. as a rookie. You, you need consistent play from those two guys because Fletcher Cox and, and Brendan Graham were two of the better players last year. That's Certainly not... in that Tampa game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they showed up, and I give them credit for that. Yep. I think Slay was fine last year, but he's going to be another year older. Uh, I think they have some some talent, right? Like I think Healy Ringo's talented. I think Sidney Brown is talented once he gets back from that ACL, but I don't think you have a ton that you can really rely on. So I know you can rely on – rely on Vic Fangio to at least understand what he's doing mm-hmm. uh, and, and bring a baseline level of competence to this defense, which they really lacked for a lot of last year. So I think that'll help. Uh, I don't think they can completely ignore some positions like they did last year. Like I, I, I think at linebacker, you at least need to have a, a plan B mm-hmm. if, if Nicobe Dean can't play at safety, you know, it can't be Justin Evans. Like it has to be someone you can kind of count on. It, you know, if I'm them, I'm I'm calling the Broncos and, and seeing if if you can get a Pro Bowler cut loose yeah. there. You know, um, I think that's a position in this defense that's really important too. Uh, and I, I think some of the draft picks will be on that side of the ball. So I, I, I agree with you. I think on offense, you kind of know your big pieces. On defense, it's a little more in flux, and that's scary, but. You know, this is a little bit by design. I think you want to have an elite offense if you're, if you're, you know, if you're Jeff Laurie and you're Harry Roseman and you have to pick one side of the ball to be elite, you pick the offense and then 
you try to get by on defense. I think that's the way they're looking at it. And that makes sense, but there are more questions on defense for sure. You know, Dave, I want to pick your brain since we're talking about big fans. I want to ask you about Kellen Moore. Um, he spent time with the, with the Cowboys, uh, with the Chargers. He's dealt with mainly drop back guys in his career as a coordinator. What's your level of confidence and or concern when it comes to the marriage between him, Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts? Because there's a lot riding on this upcoming season, especially with that first year of Jalen Hurts' contract kicking in. Yeah, you know what's funny? Jalen Hurts was a dropback passer last year. Like it was such a weird thing to me because they still acted with their play calls that he was a running quarterback. He wasn't. I mean, when he took off, he wasn't effective. He he was protecting himself, which I don't blame him for. But uh, that was that part was wonky to me last year. Was that they were still like counting on this plus one with the QB run game and they didn't have it anymore. So you end up like behind the eight ball a little bit when you're talking about those things. So I think they got to figure out what Jalen hurts is in terms of the run game. Is it going to be a part of his game or not? And mm. uh, if it's not, that's okay. I understand that, but you got to figure that out because you're like kind of hurting yourself when you're, you're calling these plays and you're expecting him to, to get that plus one advantage and teams. Did you sense indecision? Between the coaches and the quarterback, what, Dave, was it him or was it what they wanted him to do? The, the hesitancy. It's I, I don't know, and that's a big part of. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, I think they certainly wanted him to pr- protect himself more, and he did. But he also didn't look like the same runner he was the previous year, and that's more anecdotal. I don't know what the you know, like the GPS tracking. I don't know if they're saying he he was as fast. He didn't look as fast. I, I think that's pretty fair by the eye test. He didn't look as fast last year. Uh, I don't I don't think he was as much of a threat to take off. And we saw defenses honor that less, right? Like a big part of their offense, the two previous seasons was they have a quarterback who can beat you with his legs and they didn't have that last year, which is okay. Like, I, I think they have a good enough offense without him running. I think he has improved enough as a pocket passer to be that, but you got to figure that out. Uh, and, I like Kellamore. I think it would, I know a little off top. I, I like Kellamore. I think that's a good hire. Uh, it, it's funny how coordinator candidates kind of get hot and cold. Like this is a guy who was definitely going to be a head coach in a year. And now he's on his third coordinator job in three years. So it's, you, you never really know, but I, I think it's going to bring some stability to that side too. And it, the, the, the Nick Sirianni offense was brutal to watch last year. Mm. It was almost a bigger problem than the defense because offense, they were supposed to be elite and they weren't, you know, that, that, that needed to be a top three offense and it wasn't. And a big part of the problem was just, and I think Nick heard this from, from, uh, from Jeff Laurie at that end of the year meeting, because he kept talking about fresh ideas when he mentioned hiring a new offensive coordinator, they had no fresh ideas. It was like they tried to just do the same exact thing they did the year before and expected it to work the same. And that's just not the way this league works. Do you, uh, all right, just stay on that for a minute, Dave. Do, do you believe that he will kind of stay out of it? I'm not saying he doesn't have input, but he is not planning it like he did, scheming it like he did during the week. Do you believe that is the case? And how challenging will that adjustment be for him where he really is a CEO, like hands off you know, in every phase? not as much to do with the offense. 
Yeah, it's going to be tricky um, because he is an offensive coach and he takes pride in that. And, you know, it was during last year where I think it was actually I asked him why he didn't make a change at offensive coordinator. And he said, well, this is my offense. They hired me to be an offensive mind. Maybe they did, but that's not why they're keeping him. Mm. Right. They're keeping him because they like his leadership qualities. They like his ability to manage a team. They clearly don't like his ability as an offensive coach as much because they just brought in a veteran to kind of take over that side of the football. So it's going to take some humility from him, but we have seen that from him before, right? You think back to 21 when he hands over play calling Mm -hmm. uh, to Shane Steichen and then continues that with Brian Johnson uh, a couple years later. So we've seen that humility before. So I think it can work. Uh, I don't think he's going to be completely hands off with the offense that that would be foolish too. Honestly, I know everyone's down on the offense and they should be, it was bad last year, but they have done some things well, right? Like you don't completely throw everything out. He does understand offensive football. I think he can help, but I think what you do worry about is like a, a power struggle on that side of the football. So you really need to have clearly defined roles for the coaching staff. And if it's Kellen Moore's offense, you got to let him run it. Right. You got to let him call the plays. You can't have too much oversight. Now, there has to be some going back and forth because Nick's the guy who decides to go forward on fourth down. Like, that's a very simple um, scenario. But, like, he, if he's deciding to go forward on fourth down, then he kind of has to be a part of the play calls leading up to that fourth down. Mm-hmm. Right. So it has to work in unison. But I know he joked at that year end press conference that maybe he'll go spend some time in the defensive meetings. No, I mean, Vic Fangio is going to kick him out of those meetings pretty quickly. So he's going to have to be more involved on the offense. And I think that does make sense. And I, and he keeps Kevin Patullo, by the way, which we haven't talked about a lot. I think Kevin Patullo kind of becomes a really important piece to bridge the gap from the previous offense to this one as the passing game coordinator. I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I think that's that's one of the things I'm really excited to see once we get the training camp. You know, you know, Dave, we talked about Jalen Hurst's running ability and how important it is um, to the, you know, to the flow of the offense. You know, in 2022, Jalen Hurts infamously, you know, considering himself to be a triple threat, right? The running, the passing and the decision making. Right. Um, I want to throw some numbers at you and just get your instant reaction to it. Um, in 2022, 58 percent of Jalen Hurts' passing yards came by way of the RPO and the play action combined. Fifty eight percent in 2022. In 2023, that dropped to a. So that drops significantly to a 29%, uh, 29% of Jalen Hurts' passing yards coming by way of the RPO and the play action. They basically cut his play action and RPO production in half. Now, granted, um, the coaches didn't do much of anything to adjust the offense, but on top of that, teams caught on to what they were doing. Um, when, you, when, you hear, when you hear those metrics, um, how much do you attribute that to um, Jalen Hurts? Um, not maximizing his opportunities. How much do you attribute that to Nick Sirianni just not doing a good job with evolving the RPO blueprint? Um, how you know? How do you respond when you hear that metric? Yeah, to me, like the, it's uh, to me, it, it probably means way less RPOs. Their play action game hasn't really been there anyway. Um, but in terms of RPOs, like at times it would work, and and those are nice kind of simple reads for a quarterback. And, and I thought. Jalen Hurts handled them pretty well. I think it does kind of speak to what we were saying earlier is like, if he's not a threat to run the ball, it, it kind of takes away one of the elements of those, whether it's a read option or sometimes like the read option RPO stuff, the numbers get wonky because you don't know what's what, but uh, I agree that there was less of that certainly this year. Uh, 
I, I think there are some reasons for that. I, I think at times we saw them get themselves into trouble with penalties mm-hmm. on those plays. We'd see offensive linemen downfield pretty quick, and those were getting called at a pretty high rate against them, even in the Super Bowl season. Like that was that was killing some drives. So I, I think they did scale them back a little bit. I don't know how that's going to blend with what Kellen Moore wants to do. Because you're right, the the offense last year, it lacked a lot of those elements. And uh, it was basically like everything was just tough. It was just, it felt like they were playing uphill Mm -hmm. every time they were on offense. And I think a lot of it was just they made it tougher on themselves than they needed to to make it. And that's not to say like Jalen Hurts couldn't carry the team at times. I, I thought... There were even some games he played really well in, but they made his life really difficult last year. Yeah. Like the degree of difficulty was raised so much. And I'd like to see Kellen Moore get him some layups. I think there are ways to scheme a guy open here and there. Motion is one of those ways. Like I know Nick seemingly just doesn't want it, but there's a reason that the other 31 teams in the league use the motion rate higher than the Eagles, right? Like, there are really valuable parts of that. So I, I think Kellen Moore is going to bring that. And a lot of it is just finding ways to get your quarterback some layups. And I know Doug Peterson once said there aren't layups. There are. There are layups in this league. you got to find them. you got to lower the level of difficulty. And that's kind of what I want to see from Kellen Moore. Mm. Dave, let me ask you about the, the NFC and appreciate you giving us a couple of minutes here. Um, you know, I, I, the obvious thing is Niners one, uh, probably Lions two. If in fact you feel that way, where where do the Eagles fall after that in, in your estimation? Or give me give me your order, so to speak. I don't need ten of them, but like, what, are they still in your top three, four, five? Where are they? At this yeah, point? I think they're still top five. I, I think the Niners still deserve to be there. Although I, it wouldn't shock me to to see a pretty big drop off from them. Uh, tough. We've seen here, right? It's yeah. tough to lose a Super Bowl and bounce back. So I I think they could they could definitely be in line for a, a disappointing season. I think the lions are still a really good team. I think the Eagles are right there with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, and, and look, the Cowboys. Yeah, they're good in the regular season and they collapse. It's yeah, just, it's, like, it's always, like, it's always going to be the, they're like the Sixers. It's always going to be the question once you get amazing. to the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they're right there with the Cowboys, but yeah, I, I think they're a top five team in the NFC. Uh, Dave, if I can squeeze one last one out of you, last one for me, man. Um, I appreciate you for always taking the time for us. Um, you know, it, with all the dysfunction that happened, you know, with the collapse on defense and the eventual collapse on offense, knowing what we know about, um, you know, Brent Covey coming up, you know, saying things about the disconnect between players and coaches and the front office completely gutting Nick around his coaching staff. When you, when you couple all that together, has trust in Nick Sirianni been compromised not only with the front office but also with the team and just the city as a whole i mean at the city certainly but that might not matter as much right like it's about the people in that building what i will say for him is the players really do like him they want to play hard for him which sounds hokey but it matters uh ultimately like players just want a coach they can trust to get the most out of them, to help them win games, help them get paid, right? Like that's at its simplest form. With Nick Sirianni, I think they do trust him. I think they do like him. 
a lot of it's going to be like these new coordinators coming in to kind of run their sides of the football. How much do they trust them? And how does that all work together with the coaching staff? I don't think we know that answer yet. Uh, I think Sirianni's leash is certainly shorter, right? Than it was coming off a Super Bowl appearance. But the tricky thing here is that it's tougher to judge him now mm. because you could judge him on the offense. It's not year. as direct, so to speak. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. It's, it's going to like last year you look for failure and success. It was like, okay, obviously the team completely collapsing at the end of the season, you pin on the head coach, but the offensive struggles, it was easy to say it's on him. A little trickier now, right? Like, cause yeah. you have an offensive coordinator on that side of the ball. Who's going to get the credit and the blame depending on how things go. And you have, such a veteran defensive coordinator who's going to get the credit and the blame for that side of the football. So how do we judge Nick Sirianni? Is it only on wins and losses? Is it on hmm. the way his team play? Like, right. It's a little trickier. It is. To is that by out. design? You, do you think it's by design? What do you mean? Do you think to put it plainly, do you think they're trying to hide Nick Sirianni at this point? No, I, I don't think they're trying to hide him from scrutiny i think they're trying to have a better football team and i think they looked at it and thought well this guy can't run the offense anymore which yeah is a little bit of an indictment on him but i do believe them when they say they value some of the things sirianni brings like if it's his leadership qualities like i think they do value that uh and it's a model that can work it's rare, right? But we've seen, like, we all know, we, gosh, how many times we've gone through the examples of Harbaugh and Tomlin and uh, Dan Campbell. Like, it can work. But you have to, like, is Nick Sirianni that type of coach? We'll find out. Yep. Yep. Dave, keep it up, man. Dave, thank uh, you so much for your time, Dave. Truly appreciate you. Yeah, we do. We, we always do. Uh, and check him out. D Zingaro NBCS on Twitter is where you can check him out. He's got the Eagle Eye podcast with Ruben Frank and of course all of his works and he'll he, he throws links up there to his works as well uh, on Twitter but at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Dave, good stuff, man. Enjoy. Keep up the Thanks. good work. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Take care. All right. You got it. That's Dave Zingaro. Tom, let's, uh, let's sneak away for a second, come right back and we'll look at some other players who you know, may fall into that category of being gone. Uh, some interesting names here, and we'll throw some names out there that they're rumored to be at least uh, involved in or in the mix for. All right, so we'll dig into all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Monday. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust can be critical, and I'm right there in the front of the line when it comes to your finances. But I can tell you from personal experience, that someone that I believe in and I put my money where my mouth is, is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, uh, you know, you, you, it's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on 
go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hi, welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday, one and all. President's Day. All right, Tone. So you you sent me a couple very interesting little tidbits here uh, this morning prior to the program. Uh, let's start with this one. Let's start with uh, uh, Legarius Sneed, who was the corner in Kansas City, um, a, a guy who early in his career worked in the slot and then moved outside um, and had a heck of a season for the for the Chiefs. He's a free agent. Seventy eight tackles, five tackles for losses. Five, uh, 14 passes defense and two interceptions. He really did it all for them. He's a classic case of a guy who's just gotten better and better and better. Um, and that's coming from, that's what Matt Bowen of ESPN, he sees, you know, their potential landing spot uh, in Philadelphia. The projection for him is around 16.3 at that corner spot. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the problem right now. 
with Bradbury and Slay still on the roster, you've got a lot of money allotted to that position. Uh, now, I'm of the mindset you got to get, I've said it publicly, you got to get rid of Bradbury and eat it. But do you feel like they could be in play for this kind of this guy's a heavy hitter? He's going to be at the near top of everybody's list at the corner spot. Absolutely. Yeah. You can make an argument he may be the most um, valuable corner uh, on the open that's going to be on the open market. You know, when I look at the Philadelphia Eagles cap situation, and um, how much luxurious need could potentially command, you instantly think about ways they can create space. This is why the Hassan Reddick contract is so pivotal, because either you trade him and get rid of the $21 million cap hit all in all, or you restructure and extend, and you can probably relieve maybe 10 or $11 million. It all It, it, it all depends how you know how, how, the, how things play out. And then you think about Avante Maddox's future. You know, we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff, but luxurious need, He's he's again, he's one of the most one of the more talented guys um, that's going to be on, on over market 27 years old. So he's quite literally in the midst of his prime. The Philadelphia Eagles do have to weigh their options, though. Do they go the proven route at corner or do they go the developmental rookie route? Maybe draft the guy in the first round. I think that's going to be the challenge. And it's all going to be based on how much money they have to play with. But as far as Legere Sneed as a talent. I would love to have him in Philadelphia. Um, he's he's he, he's proven championship pedigree, back to back years, winning a Super Bowl. He's played at a high level in both of those games. Uh, played in a high level for the you know for the Kansas City Chiefs over the past few seasons. Proven track record of development. I love his measurable 6'1", 192. He can match up well with most wide receivers, if not all. And he's gutsy. He's confident in what he does. I like guys like that. So overall. Bringing in a guy like Legere Sneed definitely would make sense for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, would it make uh, how would he fit in a Vic Fangio type of situation? I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. But overall, again, are the Philadelphia Eagles going to be able to make this price tag fit under their cap? I think that's the bigger challenge. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I, I'll tell you the other thing. Um, and Flexen and Stefan throws a good name out there, um, Jalen Johnson from the bears. Um, no question how talented that guy is. And there's been, they, they were trying to lock him down prior to the season. They weren't able to do it. Uh, it may you know, franchise tag him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and I believe his paths crossed with Fangio. So there's, there could be some connection there, but I'll tell you the other thing you mentioned the, whoever they draft or whatever, uh, they could be counting on the second year guys. They could maybe so, feel like they saw enough. I don't love this, but I'm just saying, that they saw enough from Keely Ringo or Eli Ricks or whatever, that you can just plug those guys in and they're not going to be as expensive because you're potentially taking the cap hit with Bradbury. I hope that's not what it is, but they could go down that road. You're right. They have guys in that building that they claim to have faith in. Today, my faith isn't the highest because I need to see those guys um, in extended periods, you know, for long, you know, for longer periods of time, we get some higher level competition on the back end of that season. The Eagles were up against Cardinals, the Giants. I mean, everything was kind of everything. Everything was kind of falling, you know, falling to shit to put it, to put it plainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. Like, like Dave said, it's kind of hard to gauge anybody on what happened on the back end of that season. But when it comes to Keely Ringo, for example, I do like Keely Ringo's measurables, big guy. He's athletic. Um, I, I I like the the athleticism how how aggressive he can be. I like that. 
But overall, we still don't know what he is in a larger sample size. Only there's only one way to find out, and this is going and, I, and this is going to be another challenge: balancing your spending and your drafting with the level of trust you have and the guys you already have on the roster. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be another big challenge. They're going to have to take risk in certain places. There's they're not going to be able to replace every every position on this defense. It's just not possible. And most of the guys and, and all every guy that they draft is not going to be a high impact player. If they draft 10 guys and you can get three starters out of it, that's a blessing. But again, there's going to be positions on that field where they're saying to themselves, look, we drafted these guys for a reason. They got to play up to the standard. And I think Keely Ringo, Sidney Brown, guys like that um, fall into that category. So yeah. You- I, yeah. No, I was going to say, I think those things are tells. Like if you let, if, if you're trading Reddick and you're not making it a huge priority in the draft, they believe Nolan Smith is ready to go. If you're, um, if you don't feel the need to bring in somebody of this caliber, you, you, I guess you feel like that means Ringo and, and Ricks are ready to go. You better be right. Because if you're not, there's just not enough talent or proven players on that side of the ball. And they don't have a proven track record of developing corners, especially during the hybrid Roseman era. So when you don't have that track record and you're saying to the fan base, you're saying to the national public, Hey, we trust Kelly Ringo. We trust Eli Ricks. Well, we saw them in various spots throughout the season. They weren't the hottest. No. You know, Ricks. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like Ringo put up better film than Ricks, but overall, both of those guys, I put them in the same category in terms of my trust level. So that's the challenge, and I can't say without a shadow of a doubt that they're going to go all in on corner in the draft. I can't say without a shadow of a doubt that they're going to get a corner for agency. I can't say that. I, I, we all know what they should do. We all, we all, we all know that they should take certain risks. But overall. When you're a team that's not known and you're a GM that's not known for drafting well at corner, do you say to yourself, I'm probably better off going free agency this route? Remember, no. Darius Slay, free agency. Bradbury, free agency. Um, even DBs beyond them, Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins, free agency. Or was it a trade? I can't remember. Um, Rodney McLeod. They're, over the past several years, their best DBs were outsourced, not homegrown right. talent. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think it's uh, it, it has. I, I'll tell you the positions they have. I agree with you. Corner's been one. Linebacker, even though they we focus on, they never take one in the first round. They haven't at least. Well, Davion Taylor was a bust, and we don't know about Nicobe Dean. They were both third rounders, so mm-hmm. those two positions are definite. Um, you know, Jory's still out on on safety. I think Sidney Brown's going to be good. But Jory's a little bit out as far as that position goes. Right, right. So yeah, there are some weak spots here, and and the way that you overcome not making those same mistakes is that is to sign somebody or make a trade for somebody. Uh, all right. So Sneed is a name to keep in mind. Let's go to the other rumor that's floating out there. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry mm-hmm. comes in, and you have your power to go with you know. It, well, actually, you don't even have a, a thunder and a lightning right now. Swift could walk. But this one, I'm a little bit leery with Tone. He's still good, for sure. But I just wonder, like, at what point does a big dude with a lot of mileage mileage on him, when does he hit that wall? You know, I, I think it's it's starting to decline. It's not 
precipitous. It's not <laughs> a little bit, but I, and I also wonder what is he going to command at this point in his career on the open market? I'm glad you said that because prior to today, his annual average estimated by spot rack was around four or 5 million. That was the estimated. Okay. It's jumped dramatically from that four or 5 million spot to about 10.3 million. I'm curious as to why something happened. Wow. Yeah. Something's changed. Something shifted over the past couple of weeks or so when it comes to the running back market. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but his, but, but his estimated market value jumped nearly 6 million. I, I can over, promise you this. If, if it's in the $10 million range, it ain't going to be the Eagles. Like exactly. That, that is a fact. Exactly. And this is my first time checking this out, by the way. Um, I, I just so happened to look at it as we're talking about it and his annual average jumped up tremendously. So if that's the case, if that still holds true, again, the running back market is very is – the running back market right now deep. Is, is deep and it's oversaturated with guys that you can get some production from, you know, at a cheap price. Um, let me just let me just go through some of the names that we have so far. Um, we, we mentioned Derrick Henry, a guy whose estimated market value has just jumped tremendously. You got Josh Jacobs out there, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler. Could the Eagles make a play for him? You know, uh, you know, there's a connection there with Kellen Moore. Austin and Eckler's he's, he, current. He, he's a pass receiver too. Yes, exactly. Um, Austin yeah. Eckler, his his estimated market value is at seven point four million. Um, but again, here's the thing: because the Mac, the, because the market is so oversaturated with guys with bodies, I think teams are going to look at it like this. Well, why would I spend big money on this guy if this guy's here as well? I think I think it's a buyer's market at the end of the day, and yeah. and they're going to be able to dictate the terms. Um, and and this because of because of it being a buyer's market, because there's so many names out there, guys who are in their mid twenties, guys who are you know 26, 27. You know, not that it's not that many guys who are too old in this market. So when I think about it like that, there's a chance even DeAndre Swift may come back to the Philadelphia Eagles because the market may not be as friendly to him because the, the market is going to go through Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler before it even gets to um, DeAndre Swift. On top of that, these teams now, they'll say this to themselves. Why would I pay a running back six, seven, eight million, ten million dollars like this draft a guy? Yeah, teams it's, are more it's, it's much cheaper. Yep. Exactly. Teams are more inclined to do that. So because of the so because of the nature of the position, because of uh the nature of where teams or how teams view running back and how they view them as easily replaceable, that could significantly impact guys' market value. Derrick Henry, it may say an estimated market value of 10 million, but because of the way teams view the running back position, that may really be seven or eight million realistically. Yeah. Um, Austin Eckler. The estimated market value is around seven million. Realistically, that may drop to six or five million. Mm. Again, because of how teams view the position and because there's so many names in the market. Again, you got Devin Singletary, Gus Edwards, Kareem Hunt is still out here, who's only who's who's 28. AJ Dillon, who's um 25 years old, Latavius Murray. Um, you got Antonio Gibson, who's 25. Um, Ch- Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's 24. Um, uh, there, 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 there's so many names out here. Because again, because of the nature of the position and the draft, that can really that can really impact how much money these guys are getting, and it may and it may fall into the Eagles' favor. It could also be a situation where it it happens really late for some of these guys, where they're just like, "All right, go play the field," you know, and and, and it takes almost the whole off season. All of a sudden, you know, you get to a point where it's like, "All right, we're three days away from the opener," and then all of a sudden, these guys start coming in for maybe on proven deals. I don't know. I mean, I. I just think there's a general, and I don't, 
I think it stinks because they get beaten up bad. But there's a general lack of respect for the running back in this day and age with mm-hmm. organizations, with teams. Exactly. It's, it's it's funny. Teams don't respect the running back, but they know they need a running game. Running game. Yeah, it's isn't weird. that isn't that interesting? It's a weird but, dichotomy, man. But here's the thing about it. Because you see guys come into this league who are second, third, fourth round picks and they yeah. eat it up, that's forced the league's hand or forced these organizations' hand to say, well, I can just replace you with a younger guy with less mileage on the body. Yeah. Who's yeah, going to it, give me the same who's going to give me the same production? It's not work harder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, will it look different? Sure. But likely I can get the same production from a guy that I draft versus a guy that that, that wants seven to eight million from me on my cap. I can get a guy on a rookie deal and not have to worry about his contract for the next four years, five years. I mean, when you think about it from a business perspective, it makes total sense for these organizations. But at the same time, you know, there's men involved, there's people involved, and these guys, you know, the you know, these guys are starting to go instinct. Let's talk about Avante Maddox. Um, because I think we'd all agree when he's on the field, he's in, he's a good player for them and has mm-hmm. been but he's had a really tough time staying on the field. A lot of time missed. Um, I'm trending towards, I'm leaning towards he isn't back. What do you think? Let me give you this before I tell you if I think he's back or not. Let me just give you this. In 2022, nine games played. In 2023, four games played. The Eagles signed him to a three-year extension in 2021 that took effect in 2022. I just told you, 2022, nine games. In 2023, four games. Uh-huh. So two years of that new deal he received, two out of the years so far, he's been a ghost. He's been non-existent, almost no impact because of the injuries. You said it, though. When he's healthy and when he's on, he's on. But the way he plays a position, he's very physical for a small guy. He can't stay healthy. So as of right now, they're taking like a bad contract on the books. And because two out of the three years of that contract you signed, you've been almost non-existent. You've given me 13 games out of a possible 34. I can't see myself bringing you back for the final year of your deal um, with the cat pit, I believe, of was it seven or eight million, if I'm not mistaken. Let me, Something like that. Yeah. Let me just double check that, because, again, this has nothing to do with the man. This has everything to do with the production and the health and he has a cap pit of $9.6 million, a dead cap of $7.7. If I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm finding a way to get out of that. He has a base salary in 2024 of $6.85 million. The Eagles are not paying that. Nope. So no. He's again, either going to be restructured or gone. He's either going to be restructured or gone. Mm-hmm. And if he knows what's good for him, he'll take the restructure. Because if you're going to open market with that injury history, teams, and you're only a slot, not only, but you're a slot guy. Yeah, teams are teams are going to take that chance on you, and you're and you're a smaller guy at that. So overall, I don't think his future is bright in Philadelphia if he plays hardball with the restructure. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, there, there's other guys, Fletcher Cox. It's very much up in the air. I, I don't believe Nicholas Morrow will be back. I think they will take a a, a shot. I don't think it's going to cost them a ton at bringing back Zach Cunningham. Uh, Nicobe Dean, but again, the fear there is they just pencil those guys in as starters and we're fine. No, you're not fine. Um, Jack Driscoll, mm. kind of a jack of all trades, backup offensive lineman. Looks like he could be gone too. So there's, there's a lot of rumors that he may be able to get a starting job 
elsewhere, and then you lose a really good depth offensive line piece. And we, we're still up in the air with Kelsey, so that also makes you a little bit shorter on that side of the ball. We just don't know. Exactly. The thing about Jack Driscoll is he's put up a lot of good snaps for the Philadelphia Eagles over the past three seasons in, in, in the NFL. Um, in 2023, played in 16 games. 2022, played in 17 games. Um, 2021, nine games. 2020, 11 games. He's given them quality snaps. He's been a swing guard for you. At times, even played right tackle when needed. He's proven that he can give you a lot of production um, or he can at least stabilize your offensive line in the event of an injury. Mm -hmm. But at this age, you know, being 26 years old and because of the amount of experience and uh, preparation he's accumulated with the Philadelphia Eagles by way of Jeff Stoutland, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Jack Driscoll wants to go in the open market and really get as much money as he can. Um, I couldn't, how, how, how can you, how can you blame him? Right. No. You know, the, the league values Philadelphia Eagles, um, offensive lineman. We saw Andre Dillon get a huge contract from the Tennessee Titans and ended up getting benched halfway through the season. Uh, we saw Isaac Sayamalu get a huge contract from the Steelers. Uh, so again, Jack Driscoll most likely won't be back because of the age. Um, his market value um, it's not really existent right now. I don't right. see it anywhere, but I'm pretty sure because of the nature of the position, um, he's going to be he's going he's going he's going to be highly sought after because of the pedigree working with Jeff Stoutland, being on that Eagles offensive line and getting the amount of snaps he's got. Speaking of the O-line, um, Kelsey, we saw Shaquille O'Neal over the weekend give him an impassioned plea, basically saying, like, don't do what I did, man. Retire, okay? You, you don't want to screw up your family, blah, blah, blah. He kind of gave him that. But the question I have is, and you you threw this to me pre-show, which I think is really interesting, and I want to bounce it off you and, and our audience here. Mm -hmm. Um do you feel like his retirement was expedited because of the crash and burn this season? Or do you think that motivates him even further to get back? It's, it's interesting because, you know, every time we talk about this, I've always said, I think he's coming back. Right. I've always yeah. rolled. I've always rolled with that premise. I watched that clip with Shaq and just looking, looking at the intensity that they were, you know, speaking with each other. And it kind of shifted, it kind of shook me a little bit. It kind of yeah. shifted my my opinion ever so slightly. You know, when you think about everything Jason Kelsey brought to the Philadelphia Eagles, let's just talk about last year. I mean, he was a first team all pro, you know, yeah. de facto, no, no question about it. I mean, bona fide. When you think about a guy playing at that level at that age, you say to yourself, why would he want to walk away? But at the same time, you see how he's been maneuvering. You know, throughout the throughout the offseason, having the time of his life, you see the conversation he's having with people. And then you think about the way the season went. And, you know, when I sent you that question, it was so strange because the Philadelphia Eagles missed a grand opportunity here. Yeah. It was epic collapse in you know in epic proportions. And I do and I and I do believe they forced his hand. And again, this is in the event he does retire. Mm -hmm. I think if he does retire. They did force his hand. I firmly believe if there if there was more stability on the defensive side, if there was more stability, um, in a, you know in the coaching ranks, I firmly believe it would be, it, uh, it wouldn't be as much of a difficult decision for him. Now, obviously, you know he has to worry about the family side of it and the health side of it, all yeah. that kind of stuff. He's been an Iron Man, but we know he's battling he's battling sure. stuff and sure. never said a word about it. But to, to answer your question plainly, I do believe this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Epic collapse, the way things ended, probably is going to make his decision a lot easier. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, interesting. All right. The Nicholas Morrow, back or not? No. Nicholas Morrow's not back. I don't think so either. I, I think you're going to see, in terms of primaries, I think you're going to see Cunningham, Dean, but I think it would be a big-time mistake. I mean, huge mistake if they don't bring somebody in, at least one, to compete with them for that starting spot. I really do. I couldn't agree with you more. It would be malpractice for them to go into the all going to the training camp or OTAs with the linebacker position as is. I don't have as much faith in Nicobe Dean the way Harry Roseman does. And when I think about it from that perspective, Harry Roseman has to he has to take the he has to take the Eagles colored goggles off of you know for just for a second. And look, maybe he has. Maybe he's just speaking like that, you know, to bring confidence to his player. Who knows? But there's no way he should feel comfortable with that linebacker position, the way it played throughout the season as a whole. It was it was it was unstable. It was inconsistent. They were liabilities in coverage. They couldn't stop the run. Um, they struggled with gap control. It was just piss poor all the way around. Yeah. And then when you think about when you think about it from the Nicole Dean perspective, strictly landed landed on IR twice, same injury in the same foot. How can I have faith in that? He's only giving you five games, and even in those five games, we said to ourselves, uh, I don't know what he is. So they can't afford to be piss poor at the linebacker position. They can't afford to go into this offseason and not address those needs. This has to be the offseason of bucking your trend. This has to be the offseason where you say to yourself, okay, we can't keep playing with fire here. This is a clear-cut liability for us. Isn't it funny that the Philadelphia Eagles on offense struggle to utilize the middle of the field? And isn't it also funny – that they struggle to defend the middle of the field on defense. Mm. Isn't that hilarious? That is. They've it ignored is. the middle of the field way too long. Yet it's I don't understand what the problem is. On the other side of the ball. I don't know. I, and I wonder how much of that is the quarterback, how much of that is them. I don't know. One of the million-dollar questions, right? I mean, there's so many of these that we they're just – allergic, They're allergic to the numbers. Oh, that's scary, man. It really is. All right. Um, we'll come back. We will hit a bunch of other things here. There was – Another firing in the NHL or in the NBA. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. LeBron uh, states how he wants where he wants to be the next couple of years. But we got a bunch of other Eagle stuff that we uh, are going to hit you with. So don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis with you on this Monday President's Day. All right, I'm going to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of smoke, water, fire damage. ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I've gone through it. I've experienced the damage. I had it here at the house, leaked in from one bathroom to another bathroom, took out the ceiling, took out the wall, took out the carpet, cleaned it all out, uh, basically fixed the problem uh, and handled all the other contracting stuff that needed to be handled. One-stop 
shopping. Okay. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. All right, timing. Timing, Tone. Strange on this one, but it usually is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So the Nets fired Jacques Vaughn. They're 21 and 33. Mm. He's fired, but here's what I'm trying to figure out. 
you couldn't have done this right at the, the last game before the All-Star break. You're going to do it, whatever, four days later? Why? What's that all about? I, I don't get it. It's not like you were going anywhere in the first place. Yeah. So I just look at it. Like, typically when you make those kind of moves, you feel like someone is underutilizing the roster, right? But again, what's 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 their record again? Twenty one and what? Twenty one and thirty three. You're not making the playoffs. Yeah, you never were. You're you're you're, you're shorthanded, and McCall Bridges is by himself on an island. You think Jacques? You think think um, Jacques Vaughn can give these guys talent? You or know Hart, what I mean? In Ben Simmons' or, case, yeah, or Hart. I mean, look. Uh, overreaction, knee jerk. Matter of fact, let me not call it overreaction because they're bad. It's a knee jerk reaction. Again, you, you, they're making it seem like they were going somewhere yeah. this season, like they had a chance. Like and he's if you hold- that you have no like, idea what you were looking like, at. Like yeah. he's holding them back, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's unfortunate. Um, he'll find another job somewhere else. But overall, the Brooklyn Nets, man, they're a mess. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk. I mean, obviously, they've had the, hardly had Ben. Not that that makes any difference, but they've hardly had him this year. Uh, I know Bridges was a little bit frustrated in the offense. They, I mean, it wasn't all that long ago they canned Steve, or, uh, Steve Nash. So they're they're now getting into that cycle of just running through coaches, you know, left mm-hmm. and right, too. They, they underutilized that big three they had with Durant, yeah. Irving, and Harden. Granted, there was a lot of injuries and all that kind of stuff and a lot of off-the-court stuff that was going on, but – one of the you know one of the biggest botches in NBA history in terms of in terms of free agent and trade acquisitions. The Brooklyn Nets they used to be a team that I respected, um, but I just don't know you know what direction they're going in right now. Yeah, mess. Uh, all right. Speaking of the NBA, LeBron says that he wants to end his career with the Lakers. He he can opt out and be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, he could opt in and stay there. He there's a lot of talk. He wants to play or at least stay in the league to be able to play with his son. Uh, you know, again, his son went through a very traumatic thing with that cardiac cardiac arrest. And I'm not taking anything away. If even if you put that aside, I'm I don't know that he's an NBA player. I certainly don't think he's an NBA player now. Um, yeah, he's he's very raw still. You see yeah. the athleticism. You see the athleticism yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But he's um he's raw. And he's not going to be one of those guys that just comes out one and done. He he may have to be in college for maybe two or three seasons before we really get to see how good he can be. I agree. I agree. Uh, but that's, you know, he was a name. There was there were rumors that Daryl Morey reached out to the Lakers and they wanted him beat. And then, you know, obviously mm-hmm. he, that was the end of that. There were rumors that, that LeBron, that the Warriors had inquired uh, about LeBron. You know, take it for what it is. I mean, does this mean we're we're done speculating with him? Probably not till he opts back in. Um, but you know, played in his twentieth All Star game, which is a record last night. Mm. Man, longevity is a you know is, is a great thing. I was just thinking how difficult it is to just continue to stay stay to the grind for twenty yeah. years. You know, doing the same thing over and over. I can only imagine uh, the amount of commitment taken from him. But as far as just his future with, with the Lakers. I'm trying to think where he would go beyond that. You know, I don't think he wants to have four teams on his resume. I think he'll much. I, I think three is his is his yeah. cap. You know what I mean? You don't want to. You don't want to turn into that guy. No. So I, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think I think three teams might be might be it for him. 
Yeah, I think that it could be. I mean, maybe the Knicks, but I don't know. I, I think ultimately he stays out in L.A. He's got a lot going on personally. Yeah, he has a lot going on in L.A. He's not leaving L.A. Yeah. Uh, back to the All-Star game. So, you know, you're talking about a team that, that a game that was – the final was 211 to 186. The Eastern Conference beat the Western Conference. And Adam Silver talked about before the game how – he felt like this year was going to be a little bit different. There was going to be more effort given on both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of discussed it Wait, and talked about. I'm sorry, real quick. That was prior to the game, right? Yes. And he was then, trying so to sell it. After, it was. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. So then, a- after the game, what he was doing, like the trophy presentations and all that, he was basically like, "And the Eastern Conference All Stars, you scored the most points ever. Congrats!" <laughs> like. You you could tell. I mean, he knew Barkley came out, Stephen A. Smith came out. Everybody was just killing the other way this thing went. Because even by NBA All Star standards, this game, you know, the, the defense took even more off uh, time off last night than they usually do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Chad Ochocinco brought up a very interesting conversation. He said something along the lines of, "What do you think is worse?" Um, where the Pro Bowl has, you know, what the Pro Bowl has become mm-hmm. or what, you know, the All-Star game has become. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, what's your thoughts on that, right? Because remember, there was a point where in the Pro Bowl, guys were still, you know, hitting. And then it's it, it evolved into two-hand touch. And then eventually they say, you know what? We're doing flag football. These guys don't want to tackle. What's the point? So let's just do flag football. So what do you so, so what do you what do you think is the has become the worst product right, on so the, here, uh, the Pro Bowl or yeah. All-Star weekend? Here's what I would say. The, the the one real distinguishing difference is that that players, not that you can't get hurt in a basketball game, you can, but the likelihood that you get hurt is far greater if you're playing a football game, even without, you know, full effort, which is dangerous if you're not doing that. I, I, I don't think, my opinion is they will continue the game. I think they had to do what they did with the Pro Bowl. You had to stop playing the football game. You had to. Turn it into a skills competition. I don't think you need to do the same thing with the NBA game. I hate that you have to incentivize this with even more money for guys who are making like 30, 40 million a year. You may have to do that. Um, I don't know what else you do. Like, are you going to punish? Like, you can't do anything with seeding. You can't do anything else ultimately. Maybe you change the way the game's played a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think it stays, but I I think they have to figure it out. The problem they have is, Tone, it's not just the guys who are in their 10th All-Star game or their 20th All-Star game. It's the young guys who don't care. Anthony because they, Edwards, they see yeah. the OGs not caring. It's, yes. it's it's a trickle-down effect. Anthony Edwards is 22 years old. Anthony Edwards was like basically, I'm not really giving all that full effort. I'm like, dude, he's got yeah, the he league. Played, he played, what, 16 minutes? Maxi only got like a 13 minutes, something like that. Like, Yeah, they didn't play crazy. a ton. Um, it's The way it looked early, it looked like um, uh, Halliburton was going to be the MVP. He was playing in Indianapolis and he was just hitting threes left and right. It looked like it was going to be his night. Ultimately it turned into to Dame, but th- it is a problem. Like I, and I think when you watch an NBA all-star game, you're not going in thinking, Oh my God, this is going to be an 80 75 game where, where everybody's, you know, grinding it out and playing hard. No, you don't expect that, but you also, you want it to look somewhat competitive. Like on the defensive end, they're just literally not trying. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's almost turned into some kind of like a fashion show or something where you're just shooting that when I don't mean like fashion clothing, I mean, just some kind of like it's, it's show. turned in, it's turned into a globe trotter event. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It is. It's a good way to put it. 
Um, and Doc Rivers got the uh, got the nod as the coach. So there you go. Uh, fitting, very fitting. Yeah, yes. I don't. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, he he just got. I I don't understand it. I don't understand how they justify it. Does it always go to the coach of the with the best record in each conference? Does it always go to that? Yeah, but but here's where Adam Silver needs to to make exceptions sometimes. Like sometimes you make exceptions and, and right. you give it to whoever next, whoever's next. You know, right? It, it was crazy. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what. Tim makes an interesting point. One guy who always gave it everything he had in that game on both ends was Kobe. Mm-hmm. You just wish more guys had that Col- same kind of Kobe drive. did. Allen Iverson drive. did. Um, MJ did, obviously. Yeah, it's a bummer. You know, but, but again, we're talking about a whole other era of this game. Yeah. These guys, man, they just don't they, they don't have that. They don't have that same dog. It's not the same. It's not. And, what, and do you think it's just – Money? Do you think it's there's something more at play here? Like, what do you think it is? Why do I think they're not playing hard? Yeah, I think they just look at it as I'm not getting hurt. Like, like I mentioned to see before, they're already low managing guys. Yeah, you think they're going to try hard in the exhibition game? They're not going to do that. Yeah, they're just not. Yeah. You can't. You, you can't even. They haven't. Right. If you're not to, doing it in the regular season, you're sure as heck not doing right. it in all. They're having a hard enough time convincing guys to play hard in the regular season. Yeah, they're having a hard yeah. enough guys getting guys. Uh, they're having a hard enough time getting guys to play 65 games. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So All Star game is. <laughs> what's that to them? Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go back to uh, real quick. I'm sorry. Real quick. Yeah. One last thing about the All Star game. Another thing. <laughs> another point I want to make. Right. You know, these players, they make they, there's incentives in their contracts. If they make an all-star, they get whatever bonus. So my thing is, they are getting money for being in an all-star game. Right. They are. Right. No, you make are. the all-star game, it's an incentive on your contract. Mm-hmm. So you you make it to the all-star game, you get your money. Now that you're there, I'm just going lollygag. Mm. You know, it's it's unfortunate. Like they don't need more money. They don't need to be incentivized. They're already getting paid for it when you make it. It's a yeah, bu- it's I, in the contracts. I got you, man. I I agree with you. Uh, Tone says because it's or, uh, excuse me. Sill says because it's in season, they should have it after the season. I, you know, mm. I, I don't know that that's gonna. They're gonna give effort if it's after. That, that was yeah. the Pro Bowl. One of the Pro Bowl issues. Yeah, that may be worse actually. Yeah, I think I, that may, I think I think that could be worse because when the season ends, all those guys, they're yeah. jet setting. They're gone tough call man it's a tough call um all right so peter king thinks that the eagles will be playing the browns in brazil which was one of the we we, i think we talked browns and falcons were were the two most likely considering it wasn't going to be a divisional game yeah we talked about atlanta as well we thought it could be atlanta too that's what i'm saying atlanta Atlanta or cleveland yeah they were the two uh but the other the other ones just didn't seem to make a lot of sense it was i didn't think it was going to be green bay Mm-hmm. You didn't think it was going to be anybody in the division. So, right. I, you know, that seems to be about right. You know, you get to yeah. get, get your up close and personal look at uh, Jim Schwartz. So, uh, but Let that's me ask you this. Yeah. Today on February 19th, Monday. Yeah. Are you, pen- <laughs> obviously a lot has to happen, but I just want to, I just want to pick your brain. Are you penciling that in as a loss or a win? Oh, God. <laughs> We're very early, by the way. But again, just banter, just conversation. I'm gonna say, uh, say loss. Yeah, same. 
Because here's the other thing that stinks is you kind of lose the home field advantage because it's so many things are just set off by that. You know, that game had legitimately been in Philadelphia. I might have felt better about it. It, Cleveland's a little bit hard in that you don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to look like. I know what that defense looks like. I know what that defense is going to do. And that worries me, man. I know what Miles Garrett is, so that worries me. Um, Absolutely, especially if Jalen Hurts isn't isn't, uh, using his wheels. Yeah, I probably lean – I would lean Cleveland. I I would lean Cleveland. Not – Hardcore, but I would I would lean Cleveland. Um, we haven't talked about Darius Slay that much. We've sort of just gone down the road of, you know, he was decent last year. He was solid. It, it, it's certainly better than Bradbury, and all that's true. But I can't tell you I go into this season with a with a heavy dose of confidence in him either. I, I'm a little worried about him. Yeah, the bottom line is he's 33 years old. He is coming off of a Pro Bowl year. Let's be honest. Let's give him that much. But the fact of the matter is, he didn't have his greatest season either. No, it wasn't terrible. It, it but was it probably great. better than the year before, but it wasn't great. You know, it, it, again, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. You know, it was it was it was just above, just a just above average, just a tick above average. I mean. He wasn't a liability, but he wasn't a playmaker either. Right. And that's kind of what you're paying him for, to be a playmaker, you know, to make things happen. Did he have moments early in the season with the pick six in New England? Okay, yeah, that's week one. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but but other than that, I think Darius Slay, um, I think the Eagles should be wary of a little bit of a fall off. Um, he's going to be entering, what, the second to last year of that deal? Yes, the restructured deal, yeah. So he, Yeah, he, I, let's face it, man. Fiscally, he's not going anywhere. Fiscally, he's not going anywhere. Corner is really sketchy. Very sketchy. Right now, Bradbury's still on the roster. We just went through Maddox and his injury history, and we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Now Slay, yep. who you're hoping you can kind of milk, you know, another year out of. Um, you know, and then it then it turns into, well, hopefully Ringo can play, and hopefully Eli Ricks, and hopefully right. Isaiah Rogers, who who was coming off the suspension. Like a lot of hopes, man. A it's lot not of a hopes. lot of certainties. A lot of hopes. Yeah. And I can't I can't say without a shadow of a doubt the Eagles shouldn't adjust corner. You know, shout you know, shout out to our guy Bill Colarulo does a great job. Um, you know, on his show the Philly Sports Power yep. Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he doesn't miss, he doesn't really think corner is a t- should be a top priority. You know, he you know, he 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 puts edge and is he be- is know, that because he believes in the young guy stepping up? Yeah, he believes in the young guy stepping up. Um, obviously, obviously, Slay's still there. He yeah. acknowledges the Bradbury fall off. Clearly, you can't deny that. But I yeah. think, I think he just puts a lot of faith in those young guys. Um, again, you know his opinion and t- totally yeah, entitled yeah, yeah. to it. Sure. But, but you know, I think, I think I would push back against that because of everything we know about the age and Devontae Maddox injuries, and you know yeah. the the young guys are still relatively unknowns. And Isaiah Rogers, a year off from the sport. Can he still be effective? I just think I, I think he, he I think there's a lot of dice being rolled there. Well, I, I think the other thing too is, and and let's be real, I don't care who you are in the secondary. If your pass rush dips the way the Eagles did, it's going to expose it more. Like I don't think the, the corners were good, but you, what you did was you put a big flashlight on them when you only got 27 or uh, excuse me, 43 sacks compared mm-hmm. to 70 the year before. That's mm-hmm. that's also what you did. You made, made every, you-, you compounded everything. Yep, and it also makes you question the validity of that 2022 campaign, right? You know, the D-line was going crazy that year. Right. Of course the DBs are going to have better years. But the right. moment that the moment that D-line had a hiccup in their game, that those corners fell off a clip. It's so true. it begs the it begs the question, um how how legitimate 
were how legitimate were, uh, was the campaign of James Bradbury being the second team all pro? How legitimate was Darius Slay's campaign in 2022? How legitimate was anybody in you know in the DB room? Right, they yeah. were the number one pass defense. Was it because of the DB's skill set? Got Bradbury I, paid, didn't it? <laughs> I'm at a I'm at a point where I say I think not. I'm willing I'm I'm willing to call that 2022 campaign as far as pass defense fool's gold because the pass because the uh, the, the pass rush was was dominating everybody. It's it's true. I you know what would you love to be a fly on the wall behind the scenes at the Novacare complex and and hear how much input Vic Fangio is going to have into personnel. I would, I, I would really love to know, like, hey, I you know, I, I need I need Reddick back, man, or you know, we have to upgrade here. I, I would really like to know because wouldn't you think with a 65-year-old guy who's been around as long as he has, you're not bringing him in to just tell him this is your this is here here's what we're giving you. Here's what we're giving. Like I, I have to imagine he's got more input than in any other coordinator, any other coach on the on the staff. Yeah, I, I would hate to think he, I would hate to think he took a job where he has no say so over his personnel. A guy of that pedigree, you you mentioned it with, it, with that with that kind of um you know uh, resume, it's no way you waste his time and waste your own. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's it's to me it, it's it's faulty logic if you're doing that. I understand that where it's not going to maybe be a situation where you, you know it's Bill Belichick and he's got domain over everything, but you know you you're darn right. I'm going to try and accommodate if Dick Fangio is telling me we have to upgrade it at corner i you got to get me a more fluid safety or whatever i like it's only smart to do if if they get rid of buyer tone they have a good amount of cap space yeah they're in I good would, shape Three i would love to know the top two rounds too yeah i would love to know who's the first three names on vic fangio's potential chopping block yes i would love yes. to know who he said i would love i would love to know who he what he said in the highway as far as look i don't need this guy i don't need this guy i yeah. don't need this guy Mm-hmm. Same. I, that, that's something else I would like to know. Or, hey, I don't. I don't think we utilized this guy enough last year. I'm watching. I'm mm. watching tape of this guy, and you know, I, I think we have something here. Mm. I'm hopeful he feels that way about one of these corners, about one of the younger guys that you know, Ringo or one of those guys. But I, I, I use the word hope. I, I don't know that that's right. the case. And hope, my friend, is not a strategy. <laughs> not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Oh, well. Uh, sometimes it's all you got, man. You know, you know what I mean? It's all, it's all, I'm with you, my friend. Sometimes it's all you have these days is hope. Just just you know listen I mean? to Andy Dufresne and, and Reds and, and what, what, when they talk about hope, man. So it's, Facts, man. Listen, when I proposed to my wife, I was like, I hope she says yes. <laughs> That's all I had. It was hope. You, you know, think about that for a minute, though. Like th- Some dudes do get turned down in that situation. How... I don't, I honestly don't know how you come back from that. Like, I don't know if you legitimately, not if you're being some like, like clown at a game and you've known the girl for five minutes. I mean, like a real legitimate, you've been in a relationship for a while and Mm. you propose and it's a no, like, dude, where do you, like, how do you come back from that? Honestly? Well, well, I'll tell you plainly. If I would have got denied, I wouldn't be in Texas right now. I'll put it plainly with you guys. Or you, maybe you'd be somewhere else in the country. I don't know, in, in witness protection I'll be, or something. I'll be I'll be soul searching somewhere in Turkey. Yeah. Just try, you know, you know, just just trying to Walking find myself. around on an island somewhere. Right. Maybe sandals maybe, and beads. Maybe somewhere in, in in South Africa or or Nigeria, finding myself. I don't know. You know what I mean? But I I wouldn't be here in Texas. I will tell you that. 
I don't. You, you, do you know how bad you feel like when someone leaves you hanging for like a handshake or a pound? Like that's like kind that. of a crappy feeling. Oh my god, yeah. But you you got a ring. You thought she or he was the one, and they turn you down. Like that is like humiliation beyond. I'll put it to you this way, Rob. Where I come from, we don't spin the block. Okay. If if it, if it, if it don't go your way, we ain't spending the buck. We ain't coming back around. The oh no, 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 no. There's there's no return. We don't come back. We don't come back. No, 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 no. It's over. You, it is over. I don't care what your feelings are. You do not go to that well again, ever, Mm-mm. ever. And you probably need to like move out of wherever you're living because you're. That's gonna be a tough one with your boys. You know what I mean? That's gonna be a tough one, dude. Uh, we not spinning the block, you guys. She says yeah. no. Yeah, it's a no go. It's over. It's over. All right. Uh, let's come back. We'll talk NFL. Uh, one of our old Eagles friends gets an extension. We'll 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 get into a bunch of different things uh, with the NFL when we return. Don't go anywhere. Tone and Rob. All right. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they're experts trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go, excuse me, go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. are back that is tone i'm rob we're hanging out with you on this president's day a little, a little special treat at the end of the show i'm gonna work in president's names into all-time great sports figures all right so we, we'll i'll throw some at you tone you tell me what you think all right uh nelson Aguilar extended by the ravens nelly okay. back here's here's the thing about nelson Aguilar. i get there were a lot of frustrating moments with him there were some big big drops no denying it. He had a killer 2017 and had an excellent Super Bowl for this team. So I don't think he's leveraged, he, he leveraged that into so much for himself in, in later on his career. He did, he did. But I don't I don't destroy that guy the way some Eagles fans do because of that. Like I'm I'm sorry, maybe it, like I don't give him a full pass, but I give him a little bit of a pass. Whereas some Eagles fans really want to hammer that cat. Like he he nah. stepped up big for them in, in 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 some huge spots. Nah, you know I'm not I'm not going to kill Nessa Aguilar. Listen, he he stepped up in, in a way that delivered. He stepped up in such a way that delivered you a Super Bowl. Listen, he he all right with me. Yeah, <laughs> he's all right with me. You know, did we have a lot of moments where he dropped the ball absolutely? Yeah, but man, did he show up when it mattered most? And that's how you know that's how it is, man. In life, man, look, people are going to give you a lot of ups and a lot of downs, but do they show up when it matters most? Yeah. I can I can rock with somebody like that, and um, you know, look, say what you want about him, he's carved out a nice career for himself. Yes, a and long you career. Give, you got to give credit where credit is due. I agree, longevity, man. I mean, he's been around. This this will be like his tenth or eleventh year in the league. I, I, wow, really? They that draft long? him fourteen or fifteen, something like that. Let's the find Eagles out out of USC. So uh, Nelson Aguilar, okay, uh, he's an eight year pro. Eight okay, so pro. this this year will be nine, though. The next the, in, in 24, it'll be his ninth, right? He's 31 years old. So let me see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hmm. No, he's going into his tip season. That's like stick around in that league for that long is yeah. is, is not easy, man. That's he's going, he's easy. going into he's, he's going into his uh his 10th season, right? Right, right. And look, he he's been healthy. Um, in 2023, he gave you. 583 snaps. Um, didn't give you the most receiving yards, but gave you touchdowns. Um, they clearly felt like he was a big part of what they do and fits well into their fits well into their situation. Also, shout out to his agent, Eugene Parker from relative for, from relatively relatively sports. Yeah. Um gotta get credit for credit do, oh, man. They, listen, man, there's some agent Hall of Fame cats out there who who have gotten 
insane money for, for, for some guys. I'm not saying Aguilar is necessarily that, that person, but there are some, there are some dudes who are, who are winners. They are hall of fame moneymakers uh, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Uh, we, we talked about this, but just, uh, this is strictly from the horse's mouth here. Steve Spagnola uh, addressed whether or not he wanted to be a head coach. He said, quote, he was on Mad Dog Radio. And he said, quote, I've been asked uh, this question a lot. I'll answer it the same way. Absolutely, I want to. That's in reference to being a head coach. Uh, We're prideful guys in this business. It wasn't a success when I was in St. Louis, although I think what gets lost in this is when you went from year one to year two. In that second year in 2010, we had won the last game of the season. We were in the playoffs and hosting a playoff game against New Orleans. It didn't happen. And then we hit the lockout and things were and blah, blah, blah. But he said, if it happens, it's God's will. And I will continue to do what I'm doing, but I'm a very blessed man uh, to be where I'm at. So right, very healthy way to look at it, I, I guess. Definitely. Bags. Definitely. Definitely. You know, the, the, the job, the job he's doing right now in, 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 in Kansas City, Bar none. One of the one of the greatest DCs we've ever seen uh, play this um call this game. Hey, speaking of that, do you think guys who have been perennially great assistants should have a spot in the Hall of Fame? Because I do. I do. Like for yeah. example, I think I think Jeff Stoutland deserves a Hall of Fame yeah. um, spot. Um I don't I don't think I don't think the NFL does a good enough job acknowledging all facets, all facets of their game when it comes to the you know pro football hall of fame. I mean, you got coordinators for a reason. There are some coordinators who make head coaches. We've seen that in Philadelphia. 100%. So, so look, um, Jim Johnson, he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yes. But look, yes. man, you know, they they have their process, I guess. I you know, know what the thing is? Because the, not everybody aspires to be a head coach. So, like, to me, recognize somebody's contribution – who, who, even if you did aspire to be a head coach, whatever, if you did a great job for a very extended period of time as an assistant, I, look, I think you should get love. I think you should get recognition for it. That's just me. But yeah, now obviously, you know, it's going to be a cutoff. I think it should stop at, I know I just got finished saying Jeff Stotland should get in. Um, but it probably realistically should probably stop at coordinator. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I look. I'm, yeah, I'm not looking to get into like uh, you know quality control guys. I, I, I'm not. I'm not getting crazy. But yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, the salary cap is poised to be as much as 243 million or higher uh, this upcoming season for the NFL. Uh, that's what, considering everything that's gone into it. Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood or more. It's a far cry from the initial cap when they when they instituted the cap back in '94. It was thirty four point six million <laughs> thirty years ago. Yeah, it gone up a little bit, I think. Yeah. What do you think the cap's going to be? What are we? We're in twenty twenty four. What do you think the cap's going to be in twenty fifty? Oh God! Uh, all right, twenty uh, six years from now. Uh, if thirty years ago it went from. 30 million basically. Half a billion? Whoa. That means quarterback contract's going to be what? Near 80 million? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to sound like the old man, blah, blah, blah. How I don't know at at what point does the working man woman uh, just look at this and say, this is so preposterous. Like, I, I can't even. I don't know that they ever do, you know, because it's entertainment. I, I don't know. That yeah, they ever it's the do. entertainment business. And then, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a sport, but also, but more than anything, NBA, 
the NHL, the NFL, MLB, all those pro leagues. Yeah, they're playing a kid's game, but also it's entertainment. And there's billions of dollars in advertising. Yeah. There always will be. And that's where most of the money comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and look, the, the, the problem is to – it's not a problem, but I think we, we look at sports a little bit differently because we feel like it's so much more – it's so much closer, you know, to, to us. It's civic right? pride. Well, well, right, and, and like when it comes to like movie stars or entertainers, like I'm talking about like singers or whatever, right. we feel like they're almost in like a different universe, but they're making just as much if not more. I'll put it to you this way. All af- most athletes want to be rappers, and most rappers want to be athletes. Yeah, and they all they all envy each other in little ways. Yeah, but everyone does. Everyone should be in their lane because uh, whenever these athletes try to move like rappers, they get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's just let let's, everybody just stay in their lane and, and and know what they're good at. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I hear you. Uh, all right. Sills. So the word is the NFL owners want to have a top and full top and floor like the NHL does. Owners will never let this get out of hand. Mm. I hope so. I hope so, man. I hope so. I hope it doesn't get that crazy, but you know, I feel like we're heading there at this point. But there there should. There should be a ceiling to some degree uh, with this in terms of certain positions or whatever. But So, in other words, that means the owners and the organizations continue to make more money while there's a ceiling on what guys can get paid, basically. That's true. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, all right. So a couple other thing. Yeah. But I thought that, that cap number, man, it's like, Whoa, when you compare it to what it was, it's, it, it is it like is up there. They didn't think it would probably be this high at this point. No, no, I don't think they did. Um, so we have tag day begins Tuesday. Okay. And the big question is what will happen with Chris Jones? And we know, you know, the chiefs chiefs are going to have a hard time keeping both Chris Jones and uh, Jerry Sneed, who we talked about a little bit earlier. So if they do elect to cap uh, tag him, it's expected, man, expected to be 32.1 million, which would be a 20% bump over his 2023 uh, number. If they franchise tag him? If they franchise tag him. Wait, the franchise tag for DTs is 32 million? Yeah, he he got tagged. Yeah, that isn't that crazy, man. He got tagged last year for twenty six point eight. But I but I thought he sat out and they ended up restructuring something. And no, they yeah they bumped him a little bit, but that's what it was when he was tagged before they bumped him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a see that's not going to happen. So either they're going to reach a deal where they spread the money out better, or he's gone. They're not they're not tagging him for that. No chance. Wow. You know what the cat you know what the tag number would be for a uh for a quarterback? I don't think it's gonna apply to anybody, but what it would be. 46.3 million for a QB. They're, they're not I mean, this isn't happening with Jones. Like he, again, he's either signed to a deal or he's gone. There's no shot. See, here's the thing. All right, what I'm saying here is. He signed a one-year, nineteen-point-five million-dollar contract. Right, but what he was capped at was was something else. Didn't they get? Right, they right. Gave he, him- he hit his incentives, so um, I think he hit twenty-two point six million, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He hit he hit twenty-two point six million in cash. AAV. It's crazy. It's crazy. So we'll see. And look, he said at the again. Keep in mind, he may may have had a few pops, but he said at the parade, you know, I'm going to be back. 
maybe that's just his way to put the pressure on the Chiefs, too. We've heard that before. We have heard that before. Um, so maybe, maybe Lejarius Need isn't such a pipe dream. Might not be, but again, right? It all depends on how much money the Eagles can free up, doesn't it? Yes, of course it, it, it is going to yeah. depend big. Uh, but I think, but I think, but I, but I think they should make a swing, take a swing for him, though. I agree with you. Uh, all right, so re-signing Calvin Ridley could cost the Jags uh, a higher pick. So he led the Jags in receiving last year, mm-hmm. but uh, they, and they said we we would love to have him back, and we're working towards that. Um, but the way it works, so. Because of the trade that sent him there, it included a condition that if Ridley re-signs a contract with the Jags, the Falcons get the Jaguars. Well, that's pretty high. 2024 second rounder. Okay. Wow. Uh, you can do that? Yeah. If he doesn't re-sign with the Jaguars, the Falcons get the Jags. 2024 third rounder. Well, a lot, a lot swings on this one, man. The Jags gave up a lot to get him. Oof. All right. Yeah. So it was, it was, Dan, it was if you do, an, Dan, if you don't. Yeah. When it was announced, it was a, a conditional fourth rounder in 24 initially is what we were told. Right. But we didn't know all these, these little machinations in this thing. So I'm trying to understand how a deal like that benefits the Jags, even initially. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it benefits them. I mean, obviously, you, get it, the you player, know what it is? But... It's insurance if he walks. For them, right? It's insurance for them because they they'll get a third rounder if he walks. Hold on, wait. Who who gets what? Can you remember one more time? Yeah. I want to make sure I completely understand. Yeah. So the way it works, because of the terms of the deal that sent uh, Ridley to Atlanta from Jacksonville, it included a condition mm-hmm. that if Ridley re-signs a contract with the Jags, the Falcons get the Jaguars' twenty twenty four second rounder. Right. All right. If Ridley does not re-sign with the Jags, the Falcons get the Jags. Uh, 2024 third rounder. Okay, so it's basically See, that's just confusing me. Like, it's I, just I, well, a second and a third. That's the only difference. In other words, the Falcons either get a second or they get a third. If he doesn't resign, why the hell am I giving you anything? That's insane. Yeah. No, if he does resign, no, but you, yeah, 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 yeah you also, right, right, right. No, you're right. I'm sorry, right. You're right. Yeah, if he doesn't resign, why the hell do I have to give you anything? I don't know. I, don't I can know. understand if he does resign. Okay, I give you, I can understand that. Listen, man. Hey, the Falcons. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a fleece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple other things here. As I mentioned, uh, Tag Day opens tomorrow, and then you know, and then that kind of leads into the the uh, allowed tampering period, which is really when we find stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you think about it, that stuff we already know who's going where by the time all of that's done. Right. Like it's already a done deal. Right, we've seen moments where people have reneged on deals, but other than that, for the most part, when you know when, when those things come across the pipeline, they are what they are. And you know what the tags have really become for the most part? They're just holds on guys. That, that's really what it is. I've it's never cool. liked franchise tags. I never liked them. You're, yeah. you're you're preventing a guy from really maximizing his market. I don't like it. Yeah, never have. Yeah, I I think that it's 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 a weird concept um, that. I, I don't, and he, it doesn't seem all that beneficial to teams either. It's just a lot of money. Um, the Bucks would take on 14 million in dead money um, it, it, from both Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield uh, if their contracts void. So uh, contracts of both player void on Monday, and the team will take on around 14.5 million in dead money as a result. The money was spread over multiple voidable years for these guys. 
to lower their cap hits. And uh, did you realize Antoine Winfield's contract also voids on Monday? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's another guy you want to be looking at, I think. Antoine Winfield, is, yeah, that's a good point. I think Antoine Winfield is looking to get paid, though. Oh, I um, don't blame and, him. And when you think about what the uh, the guy Jesse Bates got, Jesse Bates, what did he get? He uh, got Atlanta. He got he got huge. He got money. big money in Atlanta. Let me make sure I got this right here. So, in Atlanta, Jesse Bates signed a four year, sixty four million dollar deal with the Atlanta Falcons Oof. that had thirty six million in total guarantees. Whew. Damn, man! Oh man! Antoine Winfield is looking to break that. And yeah, Antoine Winfield, he, and Antoine Winfield is legit. No, he's like, been great for them, man. Yeah, he really has. Um, all right, I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Phillies, Whit Merrifield, who they signed over the, the weekend, that became official. He got a one-year deal with a club option. I love this move. It gives the Phillies great depth. He can play five different positions. Uh, cool. He's a good hitter. He was an all-star last year. Um, and it also ensures you, like, if somebody gets hurt or if your younger guys don't play well, um, he can step in there. But he said um, the, one of the reasons why he came to Philadelphia Quote, the reputation of this team in the clubhouse gets around. To be part of it was something I wanted to do. Watching playoff games in Philadelphia, I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to see what the bank was like during the playoffs. And he also said, I've made all-star teams. I've won batting titles. I want to win a championship. That's why I'm here. And he, the, the thought is he probably took a little bit less uh, to play here than he did maybe in some other places. All right. All right. I like it. Let's, well, let's, let's, let's see if it pans out. All right. Let me ask you this. And I'm I'm hitting you hitting you with this blind. I asked this of Dave Zingaro earlier, so I just wanted to pat you know throw it past you. If you were putting together your NFC power rankings, would you go Niners, Lions, Cowboys, Eagles, Rams? Am I missing anybody that you would have uh, ahead? Would you have the Eagles? I have them fourth. Where would you have them? The NFC power rankings? Mm-hmm. I remember we did this before on, what was this, the 15th I think we did it on? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my NFC power rankings were Niners 1, yeah, Lions 2, Packers 3, Cowboys 4, Rams 5, Eagles 6, okay, um, Bucks 7, Seahawks 8, Saints 9, Falcons 10. Interesting. I, I think there. So, I, I two things off of that. One, 49ers, they have some, again, also some tough decisions. Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. I also wonder if you're not starting to see a little bit of a crack in the faith level for Kyle Shanahan. It's hard enough for teams to get back. They've been close a bunch of years. And we saw how the Eagles responded from losing a Super Bowl. It wasn't pretty, right? I do wonder. I do wonder what that looks like. And then I wonder from a Cowboys standpoint, there's, and you can say the same thing about the Eagles, I guess, but there's so much pressure on McCarthy this year, and there's so much pressure on Dak. Not even so much the regular season, but when they get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really, really tough. Those teams in particular are the ones that I could see taking a bit of a hit. I really could. Like, I think, I think your list mm-hmm. is very fair. I do. Yeah, you know, I think, I think – uh... You're right. Figuring out the future of Brandon Ayuk is going to be challenging. Um, he's definitely looking to get paid. He had a really great year. He's been great for them just in general. Um, as far as the faith level on Kyle Shanahan, look, Kyle Shanahan has definitely, definitely um, dropped the ball in many aspects. Um, I didn't like the handling of the Steve Wilkes firing. That's one thing. But overall, um, look, he's a good coach, man. 
mm-hmm. and good coaches are hard to find. Um, I always look at it like this: if you're going to get rid of a coach, you better know who you're. You better know who you're replacing them with. And I just can't think of a coach out there that's of that caliber. That's that that's that you can just find. Mm-hmm. So, I think the Niners still have legitimate faith in in Kyle Shanahan. Um, now, if he doesn't maximize the money that's being spent in the trenches, like on a Hargrave or on a Bosa, on a Trent Williams, if he has, if he doesn't maximize the Debo Samuel contract and the George Kittle, because Kittle and Debo, in my opinion, I think I think they're going to have short careers. Mm-hmm. I don't think those guys are going to last that long. Um, I'd be surprised if they play 10, 12 years in the league. I'd be really surprised. So um, just think about it from that perspective. Um, Kyle Shanahan is definitely on the clock. You know, two Super, two Super Bowl appearances in the past five years and you blew both of the leads. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to justify that. But again, I think Kyle Shanahan is, is one of the better coaches in this league. You don't just you don't just off a guy like that. Um, he he mm-hmm. continuously keeps you in the conversation, continuously keeps you um, in the realm of possibility of winning the big game. You got to keep that guy in the building. I agree with you. I I, I like I said, I think um, I think coaches can get better, man. I, I, I think they can learn from some of the mistakes that they made. Andy Reid certainly did. And I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, can do the same. Uh, yeah, but and Kyle's young. He's in his 40s, right? Yes. Yeah. Come on, man. His best yeah. years are still in front of him. Yeah. And, and and the big question for them is too, and you can't do anything with him this year. You can't do it until the following season. But how much is Purdy going to get? Like, are are you really comfortable giving him uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever, 25, 30 a year? Because he's gonna, it, you know, with the success that he's had and and the numbers that he put up last year. If he does the same thing next year, that's what you're looking at here. Yeah, his agent is going to definitely try to maximize that contract. Um, here's the thing, though. I think we all know so far Brock Purdy is much better when he has those pieces around him. Yes. Um, If, if Ayuka doesn't come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about him, right? You know, as he loses pieces, and the same goes for Jalen Hurts, right? As, as he begins to lose pieces, as the contract becomes more and more heavy, we're going to find out more about what he can carry. But I think as of right now, I think I think I think it's universally known that Brock Purdy, um, he needs those guys, Trent Williams, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey. He needs those guys in order to be maximized. Mm. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, like what and not to reiterate this thing or revisit, but I'm going to for a second. One of the things that Chris Sims said was, you know, uh, Jalen is throwing to an all star cast. Other than Patrick Mahomes, who is it? Joe Burrow, well, Joe Burrow was for the for, for his career. He was he was throwing to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. You know what I'm saying? He had Joe Mixon. We've never seen Joe Burrow without a legitimate cast. Never. Yeah, right. And, and, and Goff has uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and good running backs. And uh, Purdy has all the guys that we just talked about. Dallas. I mean, everybody has weapons. Everybody. I, Mahomes mm-hmm. has Kelsey and Andy Reid. Which don't discount that, you know. And you had Jalen this past year also trying to deal with some dysfunction right. in the coaching ranks. Right. So Deshaun, that, Deshaun Watson had uh, Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That offensive line is legitimate. Um, had to had to start tight end uh, David Njoku. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, listen, there's, there's only one quarterback in the league that's proven that he can win without weapons. Right. And that's Patrick Mahomes. So so so, so the narrative that. Sims likes to paint when it comes to Jalen Hurts. It's clear, it's clearly a biased. Um, he clearly has an agenda, and it's okay though. 
It's all right. Because you want to know why? This last time I checked, and I don't mean to be petty, but, I mean, drafted in the third round in 2003, been with three different teams. I mean, a 7-9 and nine quarterback record, completed only 58% of his passes in his career, only 3,000 passing yards, more interceptions than touchdowns for his career. I mean, what are we talking about here? Who are we listening to? <laughs> yeah, and I look, to me, I, I don't think you have to be a great player to be a, a good analyst. I don't, but. I don't either. But, but, but I'm being petty right now, Rob. I know Roll you with are. me here. Roll I, with I, me. I, I'm, no, I'm going to back you up here. I'm, I'm going to roundabout. I'm, I'm with you, though. I don't believe being a great analyst equates to being a great player. I don't think those things, because we see great players be terrible analysts. We've seen that. So, right. So, again, I'm just being petty here. No, I know. What bothers me is agenda. It feels to me like he got, he, he at least feels like he mm-hmm. got his aha moment because Jalen had a, had a, da- uh, he yeah, a down step back. Uh, yeah, it took a step back. I'm just trying yeah. to, I'm going to phrase it the right way, but yeah, he took a step back last year, wasn't the same player. And, and I feel like Sims was like, remember me? I said that. I said this in 2021. I called it. I called yeah. it. And, you know, and, and, and that's really what it, what it amounts to for me is like that. It's like his, his gotcha, gotcha. You know, one of those moments. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, how about this, man? Here, you know, again, the gotcha moment. Um, out of the five-year career he had in the NFL, only started 16 games, only played in 23. I mean, listen, call me Tom Petty, man. Call me Petty LaBelle. You know, do <laughs> what, 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 whatever, whatever you got to do, man. Call me, uh, call me, call me silly Petty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. But as far as I'm concerned. Um, Chris Sam, Chris Sims had a, I don't know, uh, a Canadian football level type of career. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that, I, I mean, he, I mean, he could, he could have tried to, he could have tried to get a job with the Toronto or Argonauts, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, could have, uh, what the hell are their names? I don't know. Who, who, the Stampeders and there's, yeah, there's Argonauts, I mean, the, the Argonauts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know the, the USFL, I mean, he had opportunity. Did he, or did he not? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No. But don't again, know. man. I'm just, I'm just petty. I'm just a petty guy, man. I got That's you. That's all it is. I got you. All right, let's, uh, let's get a timeout. Don't come for my guys, Rob. I know. Don't come for my I, guys, I man. Petty LaBelle. Listen, listen uh, I acknowledge Hurts had the down year. I'm so willing to have that conversation. But yeah. when you go, when, when you take the angle he's taken the past three years, yeah, I'm coming for his neck. I got it. I, I got it, man. Um, all right, uh, we'll come back and we'll do a little ode to President's Day and 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 tie it into sports. We'll do that. Some more Eagles. We'll hit a bunch of other things uh, in our final segment. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. <clears throat> excuse me, Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on 
Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Final segment of the show. Appreciate you hanging with us. All right. Uh, President's Day today, Tone. So I, I looked up some great players over the years who have a presidential last name. All right. Now you tell me there the there's a couple here, I think, that are challenging to rank and, and who you would have first. All right. But I put first on my list Magic Johnson. There was Andrew, who was the 17th president of the U.S. Right. Lyndon B. Johnson also, right? There was Lyndon B. We, yes. We, there were multiple Johnsons. but <laughs> Johnson but, Johnson? But Magic, uh, Irvin Magic Johnson, to me, goes down as number one. Now, some would argue Lawrence Taylor, Zachary Taylor, who was our 12th president. Some would argue that one, that huh. he should be ahead of Magic. I'm going to go slight lean 
to Magic? Would you go LT or would you go Magic? I'm going Magic, baby. The Magic Man. Okay. I'm going Magic Man, too. All right. Reggie Jackson. Also, Andrew. Another another one of our presidents. Yep. Jesse team? Jackson, he ran. <laughs> he tried. Jesse Jackson tried. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Reggie, uh, of course, Chelton hands own, uh, you know, Philly ties. We always got to work that in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, incredible, incredible career with the A's, with the Yankees, with the Angels. Did play for the Orioles for, for a second. Uh, great player at Arizona State. So I would put him in there as well. Uh, Pete Grover Alexander. Now, this is he was named after is a bit of a stretch. Grover Cleveland. Uh, was our president twice, Tone. Did you know that? He was the 22nd and the 24th. So he wasn't in, you know, in succession. Mm. All right. Okay. I'll tell you right now, I'm not great with my presidents. I'm so, not either. Especially I, so so, so I, appreciate, I appreciate you guiding me through this. Whitey Ford, who was a great pitcher for the Yankees when they were just <laughs> dominant in the 50s and 60s, et cetera. Your favorite name. Whitey Ford. Uh, oh, Gerald. Ford was the 38th president. Did you know Gerald Ford was not elected as president? But Gerald no, Ford took over when Richard Nixon was forced to resign. There was a lot oh, of pressure of to impeach him, but he resigned, and Gerald Ford stepped in there. It's funny. The name Whitey instantly makes me, you know, makes me think about, um, what is it, uh, Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler? Have you ever seen that? No, I never saw that one. You never no. seen Adam Sandler's Christmas movie? His 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 Hanukkah like slash Christmas Christmas movie? No, his animated. You never seen it? No, no, no. I, oh I just, my no. god, it's one of the greatest Christmas movies Christmas movies ever made. Oh man, it's like a it's like a Christmas musical, but it's so hilarious. It's so raunchy. It's so. Oh, I gotta check this out. It's so politically incorrect. Okay, came out I... in the early came out in the early two thousands. Every joke you hear will not fly today. But man, oh man, you gotta watch it. I love it. Okay, you're gonna have a greater appreciation for the name Whitey when you watch that movie. All right, Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Okay, Uh, Dan contributing, and and this man certainly worthy of the list. You ready for this? Oops, sorry. As it's changing quickly, there we go. Uh, Justin Jefferson for sure. Justin Jefferson makes this list. Justin Jefferson, future Hall of Famer. Justin Jefferson about to get paid in a big way. 100% 100% on the list, Justin Jefferson. Of course, Thomas, in case anybody was wondering, if you're, if you're scoring at home. Uh, Elvin Hayes, great NBA star in the 60s and 70s into the 80s. Your favorite president, Tone, Rutherford B. Hayes. He was the 19th president of the U.S. Rutherford, yes. Yo. R.B. So His friends called him R.B. Some of these guys, I call you R.E. <laughs> But uh, so so some of these guys just uh, you know, just just blend into history, man. I like, <laughs> I had no idea we had a president by that name. Yes, it's true. All right, Earl Monroe, who's a Philly guy. He went to Bartram High School. Okay, Earl Monroe. That sounds familiar. Oh, Earl of Pearl, man, great basketball player. Uh, James Monroe was our fifth president. Earl Monroe was was he was ahead of his time a little bit in the sense that. He had a real flair to his game, man. Mm. He was not afraid to do some things. He was great in the open court. Uh, a great player. Great player for the then. They used to be called the Baltimore Bullets. Then they were the Washington Bullets. Then they're the Washington Wizards. And then he went to the Knicks. Oh, so wow. What, what, what era was this? Was this 70s, 80s? What was it? Earl played in the 60s and 70s. 
It's so, oh, yeah, yeah. That's well, I know it's way before your time, yeah. But he was a great player. But he again, he brought a, a certain flair to the game. Uh, Word. <laughs> Dan, someone saying Whitey just sounds fun. <laughs> Uh, I don't disagree. Oh my god! Yes. Um, oh, so man. yeah, there, I just gave I, I gave you a little. I, I think I gave you eight or nine or whatever. I, I wanted to give you a few. There's a lot more. I could have gone with guys who were just average to stiffs, but I gave you some good ones. And I have to give props to Jason, Vince Carter, a hundred percent. who was actually one. one of, He's yeah, up for the Hall of Fame this year. Correct. That's where we were going next. So. uh very good one. Of course, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's still with us, man. Jimmy Carter's yeah. in his 90s. Uh, yeah, he got he 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 got if, if I'm not mistaken, he got bullied a lot when he was when he was president, man. You know, they they, they felt like he was soft. And yeah. you know, he he was just a really nice guy. He he's done a lot. He, he still does he was still up until about 2 years ago doing habitat for humanity stuff at like 90, like building houses. Yeah. Guy's done a lot for people. Uh Jimmy Carter. He was in a weird era. You know, it was, uh, he was before Reagan. It was a weird time. It, it was a yeah. weird time, but you're right. So Vince Carter, uh, well-deserved by the way, um, uh, mm. is up for the, uh, the NBA. It's not the NBA. What do they, pro, what do they call it? Pro basketball hall of fame, whatever they yeah, call it. Pro basketball hall of fame. Yeah. yeah. Basketball hall of fame. So, uh, I, I think very much, uh, a guy who was, who was worthy of that. He's another one, man. He played forever. I mean, he ended up playing 20 years. I think it was 20 years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, yeah, Vince and the way he reinvented himself on the back end, he became a, a sharpshooter on the back end. Yeah. And, you know, he, he carved out a long career for himself, man. The great um, ones recognize I'm not going to be able to dunk over, you know, tall buildings all the time. Like, I got to do something else with my game. And he's a good example. And he was also willing to be a sixth man, willing to be a role player, didn't have the he really, ego. He was a lifer. He really loved the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I respect that, man. I definitely respect those kind of guys. All right. Back to, uh, so a couple of things we were talking about with the Eagles, and, and I wanted to, to bounce them off you. I had a few things that we didn't get to when we had uh, had our guests on, uh, for sure. In your estimation, okay, and, and, you, and you look at this team and you look at what they've been able to do um, here, and then look, there's, a, there's a, lot, a lot to dive into. But the question I have for you regarding the Eagles specifically, how big a rebuild do you think this thing is? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, see, see the the defense, the defense, right? They they have some they have some legitimate work to do. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be about two years before this defense is even considered maybe top ten. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a two year fix. I agree with that. Um, but I do think I also believe that they can they can get to at least the fifteenth ranked defense in a year. I think they should be able to do that. Is that too much to ask for? Fifteenth, uh, no. When you when you, when you when you when you were one of the worst down a stretch, I I actually don't. I don't. Um, no, because here's the thing: I, if you bring back Reddick and Sweat plays at the level that he he should play at, right? And you got Jalen Carter, and hopefully yeah. Jordan Davis comes back. With and the, hopefully with those the, guys grow up, grow right? up, for, basically, for, for lack of a better word. Then all of a sudden, your defensive line, because that includes the run, too, because they, they stunk against the run at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So if you're limiting teams with the run and your pass rush, let's say it goes up 10 sacks, somewhere around there, you're you're helping out your back end. And I think just having the continuity of, of one coordinator and not doing all the jumping around, 
I think all those things should at least lend you to some some kind of a, uh, uh, an advancement from where you were. Yeah, but you know, all in all, though, we look at that linebacker room and say, "I know we is do. that is, is that going to be another position that hamstrings his defense?" Yeah. <clears throat> so overall, can they go from being one of the worst defenses to at least being average or mediocre in one season? I think that's possible. But to your question. I think I, I think before they get before they can even get back to top ten, it's going to be about a two year fix. Yeah, I, I think too. The other the other thing that we don't uh, maybe look at enough, they have to get in, bring some guys in who are going to create turnovers. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's something that's really hurt this team. Uh, hurt this team last year. They did not turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Do you think there's any way? I don't. But I'll ask you that they they revisit CJGJ. Nah, I think that's a dumb bun. I think that bridge um, is burned. Yeah, I think the bridge is burned. Also, I think they look at the injuries and uh, you know the, the fact that he got hurt with them that one year, missed half the season, and, and last then, year, and yeah. last year missed the primarily most of the season. I feel like they're looking at it like uh, the relationship is already sour. Plus, why do we want to take a flyer on a guy who's probably looking to get paid some big money, even though he's not going to get it because of the injury and it took away his season. So, yeah, I think overall that bridge is burned. Okay. I mean, like that, that to me is, uh, is one of the things like, you know, it, the, the pass rush, I think can organically, uh, get better. You have to add some pieces to it. And this is assuming again, that, that Reddit comes back. I think organically it can get better. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it has to. I, because really has to. almost everybody excluding Fletcher Cox took a step back, uh, last season, but yeah, yeah it, it, it it would be such a nice uh, dep- departure, if you will, if you had a linebacker who could make a play. You know, even even in twenty two, they had solid. I thought they had good linebacker play. It was and, solid. And, and T.J. Edwards was really solid, but it wasn't like. Hey, hey look, T.J. Edwards wasn't tremendous in coverage at yeah. all, but he was better than what you had. He knew how to. He, he knew where to be. He knew how to make sure guys were lined up where they were supposed to be. He under, he understood gap control. You know, he he was he he just had to expand. He was healthy. He was a he was an Iron Man. Never got hurt. He, he was available. Yeah, you know, he was available, and that and that goes a long way with me, man. And he's had he had a good year in Chicago, despite their struggles as a team. He overall had a good year, you know, doing his job. I would just I have a hard time looking over that decision that they made. I, I know you guys are tired of hearing this from me, man. I know you guys are way off, probably way over the T.J. Edwards thing, but. I'm not. I feel like they screwed that up big time. I feel like they screwed that up. What I kept, even at the time, I was saying to myself, wait, that's all Chicago gave them? That's what I kept saying to myself. And then I was, my my next thought was, wow, they must really believe N'Kobe Dean is that guy. You know, and it feels like that's an 0 for 2. The, the, and the other problem is you had, you banked on Nicholas Morrow. The guy you, you know? cut. Who you cut, and then it, then you then it was you had to scramble a little bit to bring somebody else in. It was just they made some really calculated mistakes. TJ Edwards is a guy you absolutely could have figured out how to bring him back where he wasn't killing you cap wise. You know, and, and they got you just co- won't value that position. In my opinion, I think they got cocky. They got cocky. Yeah. Oh, we could put anybody there. We drafted the Kobe Dean. Nicobe Dean should have been your off-ball linebacker and TJ should have been your middle. And then I would have been okay if you let Kaiser White walk. 
Yeah, I was okay he with that. Faded a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Kaiser Walker was better than anything they had this year. Don't get it twisted. But yeah. if you would have managed to bring back TJ Edwards and then you slide in the COVID into the off ball so he can actually acclimate to his role a little better without the full responsibility of being a first year starter and being the green dot dictated where guys got to be and, and maneuvering the gaps. I, I, they, they put a lot on this plate this year. Yeah. And on top of that, the health factor. So it was just, it was, it, 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 it was a massive miscalculation. And I think they got cocky. And that's why TJ, TJ Edwards isn't here. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll tell you the other thing that was, was really interesting over the weekend. Um, did you see Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, uh, where he had um, on his podcast, he had Jason Kelsey on. Did you see any of that? I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw clips. Okay. I thought the clip was really interesting because – and Shaq, I give him credit. Like, he really opened up here. Like, he yeah. really did. And Shaq's and, history isn't no secret. His, you know, it, you know, the early part of his career, you know, yeah. with the the wife and the the divorce, and the, it's, he, he he doesn't pull any punches. That's why I like Shaq. He's very upfront about yeah. his, his trans transgressions. Yeah, and he said, you know, to Jason, like, and he wasn't saying this in terms of, like, running around and stuff, but he said to him, Listen, man, just make sure you're prioritizing your family. He said, I didn't. And it, it got me in a in a 30, I forget what the number he said, 30,000 square foot house. Uh, oh no, no, he said, yeah, he, he said I'm in a he said now I'm in a hundred thousand square foot house okay, by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea but, how big yeah. that is, but that's pretty big. <laughs> big. Oh I don't know what it is, but it's big. I know it's big. Uh and he said, and I'm all by myself. He said, and you don't you don't want to be that guy. I, and I thought it was pretty cool. Like he was really being genuine with them. Like yeah. hey, dude, he, said, he, he said, he got the ring. Don't, you know, he you, said, don't you, follow my lead. Don't you know, follow and, my lead. He, and, and he said, he, he said, if, he said, if retirement is what you're thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't trying to tell him what to do, but just saying, look, just, just, just consider how your decision can affect the people close to you. Because and, Shaq, even, even, um, even off the court stuff aside, Shaq at the end, was like going from remember he was at Cleveland and Boston and Phoenix. It's like, yeah. dude, this isn't you, man. You're not some guy who, you know, barely gets time off the bench. Yeah. And I, I think that part took a toll too. You know, yeah. because he was look look at Brady. Who knows if Brady doesn't you know that la, last year, I, I'm telling you, I think it was like an ultimatum from Giselle where it's like you're going back to play again after you just retired after, you know, whatever. And that was that was it. Yeah, yeah. And look, even Tom Brady's last year wasn't if you if you look at his numbers at face value, he didn't have a bad year at all. No, nah, it was but, fine. Yeah. But but the team was falling apart around him. Injuries really killed him that year. And I think also he was just like, uh, I ain't I got stayed time at the party it. a little too long. I stayed at the party a little too long. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think everybody that's the that's the hard part too. That's the we as we've talked about, it's gonna be the hardest thing for Kelsey is he can still play, which is a really tempting thing. He can still make a lot of money, which I don't know that that's that big a deal for him at this point. But I think that I think that what not wanting for the season to end the way that it did and the money. So in your opinion, do you think the way it ended pushed him or not? I or think, will push will push him out. Yeah. You know, so again, I, I've always been of the mindset. He's coming back. He's playing too. He's playing too well. Why wouldn't he come back? Why wouldn't he? That's, you know, that's, you know, that's the fan side of me talking. But, you know, when you really think about it from the human element, the way he's been moving, the way everything's kind of been playing out, I'm I'm beginning to lean towards him retiring. Mm-hmm. And I also think the way that the, the way the season ended with the dysfunction, mm-hmm. that doesn't help their cause. That doesn't help the Eagles pitch to bring him back to the building. As a matter of fact, what do you think their pitch is if they have one? 
I think the pitch is 100% plays on the heartstrings of you don't want to go out like that. Not that it was his fault, but we, you don't want to, you're collectively as a team, you don't want to go out like that, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I think you could really play some dirty pool here with him and be like, you want to experience one more time with Travis just had, let's try and run it back, man. We've run it back before we've had bad situations before. And we've corrected it quickly. I, you know, remember we talked about it last week, 2012, 2015, 2020, and they've gotten themselves right it pretty quick. And mm -hmm. he's, he's lived through, I think all of those, right? Yeah. He was drafted by, he's drafted by Andy. Andy so he drafted lived, him. He, he's yeah. lived through every up and down yeah. rebuild. So there's no better guy than to sort of go that, if you want to go down that road of, Hey, Jason, you've experienced every one of our turnarounds. You got one more in you, man, and or you're still playing at a very high level. I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, the the hard thing for the Eagles is, I, I mean, can can you? He made 14 last year. Can you pay him? 16? He was the, he was the, he was the highest paid center in football last year. Can, can you for all for for all pro? Yeah, the best as position. Listen, you want the best, you got to pay the cost. Yeah, and, and a guy the quarterback he, he, loves he was playing the best. With. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was legitimately the best. It's no question. It's on his document. He was the best center in football last year. Yeah. He just so happens to be 36. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't I, I think Jason's pretty good for the most part at sort of separating. I think that's the objective of what he's been doing these these last this last month or so or whatever it's been since the season ended, is separating the emotional part of it from you know, just trying to think clearly about what he should do. I don't know, man. Jason's no, but a crier. Here's what I was gonna say. There's still yeah. that athlete in you that's that competitor, man. That's it's gotta be chewing away at you a little bit on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, Jason's a crier, man. Emotions can get he his emotions can uh get the better of him sometimes. So hopefully, hopefully we can use that to get him back in the build and hopefully, you know. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, man, look, I want him to do the best. I, I want him to make the right decision for himself. Selfishly, I want him to come back, but you yeah. know, reasonably, I want him to make the best decision for him and his family, man. The, I think I think that's what's that's what's important. Um, you 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 gave the game everything you had. You 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 managed to play every single game, um, for the most part of your career. Multi-time All-Pro, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl champion. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You're going to be a first ballot, in my opinion. No debate, no question. He des he deserves to go out on his own terms. Uh, yeah, you know, I and I'll, I'll leave it at that. I agree. I mean, look, the the worst thing that you would you would want is for him to really look diminished out there and getting shoved around, and all of a sudden, you know, he's not that guy. That's the, you know, the, that would be a tough one to swallow. And I think he has to. I don't know that you can even think that way if you're if you're a great athlete. But I'm, I'm, that's just me talking. It'd, it'd be a tough one to to to, to swallow. You know, absolutely. Um, with, with that. So that's going to be one of the things. And again, we got the uh, combines coming up with the 27th. So what is today? The 19th. So it's, it's, you know, a week from tomorrow. I, I think we're going to get that announcement that, that weekend, that week, that week, excuse me, yep. uh, whether he's going to agree. Back or not. I agree. Yeah. And I, and, and it's, it's going to be announced on a, on the new Heights podcast. Of course. You know how, you, you, you know how he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we'll see how and, 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 and there's going to be some tears involved. 
Either we'll way, see. there's going to be tears involved. Either way, I'm with you. I have so flip flopped on this man. I, like I'm, I flip, I'm honestly, I, I flip, I'm flip. embarrassed at how many times I flip flop on this thing because it's hard, man. It's difficult. Like it's, it's you know, we're we're trying to balance our rational takes with the fan side of us, and that's the tough part about it. It is. It is very true, man. It, it, it is for, for trying to figure this one out is hard. I don't think any, you know, all right. If you would say Kelsey is different, let, let's not put him in this category, but guys who may not have a say in coming back or not. Um, that, That's that BG. Yeah. You think? Yeah. I think BG, as much as I love BG and I love everything he brought to this team, Super Bowl champion, gave us one of the greatest, gave us some of the greatest moments in sports history. I think it's over. Yeah. I think it's over. They need that roster spot. He was a non-factor. It's yeah, I know I he wanted to I, I know I, he wanted I'm starting to feel years. that way myself. All right, let, let me throw one more. Fletcher Cox. See, I still think there's gas in that tank. No, too. Fletcher Cox definitely has gas left, but I'm only bringing him back if the number makes sense. If he if he starts talking 13, 14 million, oh, okay. Nope. Do you bring him back at yeah. 10? That's 10's a tough one. He he was just at 10. Yeah. So the first in 2022, they brought him back on, at 14. Yeah. And then they brought him back at 10. Because he still maintained the level of play. I think he had a he had a good he had a probably better year last year than he did in, as crazy as that sounds in, than he did in 2022, I think. He he put up more sacks in 2022. He did. You're um, right. But I, I I thought even at the end I think you noticed playing. him more this year because everybody else around him sucked. That's true, and, and to his credit, he had to play a lot more snaps I think than the year before. But anyway, I, right. I I would say if he's within the seven to ten range, I'd bring him back. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If he's willing to if he's willing to work with me in between the seven to ten, maybe throw some incentives in there. All right, I'll roll with it. But they're, I they're can't I can't I can't go above eleven. No, I don't know that I go above ten. But the problem is there may be somebody in the market to offer him that. If you think about the crazy money Hargrave got last DTs year. DTs are getting paid. Yeah, they get paid like edge rushers now. Yes. So some team that's close that could use a D tackle, I think, is going to come in with a bigger number than that. I do. I do. Mm. Uh, that's going to be interesting. All right. Um, want to thank everybody in the chat. Want to thank everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, don't go anywhere because Tone will be hanging with Dan Cilio for the National Football Show. But we're back tomorrow. There's a couple of things. We'll, we'll we'll do a little peek ahead to the Sixers uh, tomorrow in the second half of their season, which gets kicked off on Thursday. Uh, Flyers uh, back on Thursday as well. So we will we will tackle that. Anything that comes down Eagles wise, anything happening uh, from spring training with the Phillies, uh, we will keep you abreast of everything like we always do. Uh, with them also and anything else that crops up in the uh, in the world of uh, sports and Philadelphia sports. All right. Uh, so everybody enjoy. If you had off today, enjoy the rest of the day. If you're still working, mm -hmm. appreciate you hanging with us also. And uh, we're back at it same time tomorrow. So for Tone, I'm Rob. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.